This episode of Almost Blurs is brought to you by Liquid IV. Liquid IV is a category winning hydration brand fueling your well-being and their hydration multiplier is the one product you're missing in your daily routine. I saw Janet Jackson recently and with this hot as it's been in Texas, I think the only reason that I didn't pass out is because I hydrated using Liquid IV well before the concert. Liquid IV hydrates two times faster than water alone with three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks. For me, I love the lemon lime and this new strawberry lemonade, but when you have 12 flavors that you can choose from made with premium ingredients and a product that is non-GMO and free from gluten, dairy, and soy, Liquid IV should be able to satisfy most taste buds and keep you feeling hydrated. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code ALMOSTBLURREDS at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code ALMOSTBLURREDS at liquidiv.com. Now, let's start the show. Almost Blurreds. It's your girl, Dove Cat. I'm your girl, Dove Cat. Dove Cat. Almost Blurred. So it's your boy, JB. JB. Almost Blurred. And this is almost blurs. <laughs> so you you smiled and started laughing, and it made me do the exact same thing, huh? So hi, hi. It's another episode of Almost Blurs. I am JB. This other face that you're either seeing or this voice you are hearing is my wonderful co-host Duff Cat. What up? I was about to say she's not going to talk to you. She just said, I'm just going to sit here. I got Um, nervous. That's okay. But uh, welcome. Um, Do I have a bit of advice for you all? Hmm. I don't know, but I do want you all to start listening to your adult bodies. Like those like 30-something bodies, those 40-something bodies, hell, even those late 20 bodies, they tell you exactly what they need. And by what they need, I think that also means what you need to stop doing. And um, so if you find that you are just over-exhausting yourself, your body told you at some point in time <laughs> that you needed to slow down. Take Don't act like nobody's ever told you because your body said it. Your body had tried to get you to take a nap. Your body, like, you probably felt a little pain in the back or you got up and your knee popped. Like, those are signs that you shouldn't be making a stallion anymore. Or those are signs that you can't be up real late, like, at the club and then waking up, like, with only two hours of sleep, thinking you're going to be actually be able to function. Listen to this adult body. I took a good old two and a half hour nap after working out this morning. Best decision I ever made. Best decision I ever made. Also, your body tells you if you can't be eating the foods that you normally eat also. Because I had pizza. Mm. Pizza sauce and JB's body don't work too well anymore. That whole acid reflux heartburn thing is real. It's real. So listen to it. But that's my bit of advice. Again, welcome to Almost Blurreds, a podcast where we talk about things that we really have very little knowledge on, but we enjoy doing it anyway. <laughs> and we want you to be along for the ride. If you've been on our TikTok, you see how we we throw out theories and give you our opinions on certain things. And some of you guys disagree with it because you have valid reasons. Others just like to be loud and wrong. And that's okay. We're loud and wrong too, just not in that racist, sexist, misogynist type of way. 
Come on, say it again. <laughs> so, do you, or was there anything that you saw in this last week that you would like to talk about during our icebreaker, like something on social media or even a news that has completely caught your attention that you want to talk about real quick? There's so many things, but I think the um, the main thing is, I don't know, you, I'm on BookTok, right? Mm-hmm. I even have a BookTok page. And um, recently there was this girl that, um, okay, so I don't, it, I feel like BookTok is like anybody else's fandom. And it's just like, you know how people are just like, they'll say something crazy. Like, I want to go to Pound Town with like Tom Hiddleston or something, right? Mm-hmm. They'll say that type of stuff, or I want to be choked by Daddy Thor, or something like that, right? Or like when on your your DK Reeves page, you were talking about how you would have folded like um, fresh laundry like for fresh that guy laundry in book. for a fictional yeah. character. Mm-hmm. Okay, fictional character, right? Now there's this girl on TikTok. Um, her name is Kira, who really is just she kind of got popular for doing like thirst traps and stuff like that. But what I noticed it was mostly after white men. Which is fine. She would throw in like black men occasionally, but for the most part, all her stuff was like for white men, right? So she started reading books, I guess. And um, she got popular on Book Talk about reading books. They even, you know, and she got popular really quick because she had a following for doing mm-hmm. that stuff, right? So she got popular really quick and she's getting invited to NASCAR. She's getting invited to. Um, okay, so this is really blowing up for her. Yes, so she's getting all this stuff for like, what's, what do I want to call it? I guess kind of sexualizing these men, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so recently, so she was on Book Talk, or is on Book Talk, and recently she just got in trouble because apparently she got invited to a Seattle Kraken game, which is a hockey, mm-hmm. I guess, I don't know. I don't, I don't do the hockey, okay? I don't know anything <laughs> about it. So apparently she got invited. And um, she made a reference to one of the players about talking about, I want him to crack my back or something like that. It's the, mm-hmm. it's the type of stuff that she's been doing. So it's nothing that's, you no, know, not, crazy. Nothing out of the ordinary for right, what she not normally for does. Her, right. And also, let me just backtrack just a little bit in saying that the Seattle crack and social media people have been reposting some of her stuff and you know, kind of doing the same thing to some of the players for book talk and stuff because everybody's talking about they have these sports romances and hockey play, all that good stuff, right? So the, the Seattle crack and social media team is kind of leaning into it, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I guess when she said that she wanted old boy to crack her back, the wife took offense. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. So she's been getting dragged, okay? She's been getting dragged on social media by her extensions. And um, people are like, no, we're rooting for you, yada, yada, yada. It was just a joke, this, that, and the third. And then some people, mostly black women, are just kind of like, girl, you on your own. Because she she was problematic because, and this is where the whole, y'all know how I feel about race. This is where the whole kind of race thing comes into play. It's just <laughs> like, she was like the type of person that she wanted to escape, you know, when she's reading her books. And black novels didn't do that for her. Right? Mm. And that type of thing. And um, so the black girlies weren't really really feeling her, right? So she's getting dragged right now. And nobody's really coming to her defense except for um, the folks, you know, who are probably are probably guilty of doing the same thing, which is why they don't really see anything wrong with what she's doing. And um, 
she doesn't understand where it's coming from. She said it's a joke. I don't understand why the wife doesn't know that it's a joke, yada, 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 whatever, whatever, whatever. I mean, even going as far as saying that the wife was kind of leaning into it, too, right? But I mm. think with her wanting this particular guy naming a real person saying you want this person to crack their back, it's kind of like... That's where things kind of went differently. It you know, went like, different. It's one thing she for you to be talking about a fictional character. It's another for you to be actually with people talking about a real person who has a real family and you're saying this publicly. I can see the difference. I can Although, see the difference. It's too. weird that she doesn't see the difference. Right. And like I can see I can see why people are getting upset. I can also see, you know, she's really kind of built like her following off of doing this type of thing um with any and everybody. And mm-hmm. I remember one person that she did it for I can't some country star or whatever he enjoyed it (laughs) he liked it but it's just like everybody's not and this lady even if you feel like she went too far she can't take a joke whatever like that this is her husband so if a boundary is crossed for her you kind of need to respect that so that's I don't know that's really been interesting and um, of course people have been giving think pieces about you know these parasocial relationships online and how the people that you may have a connection with that you see through your phone, through your screen are not actually people that you know and have a relationship with. That's something that a lot of people be forgetting. Like, you know, just because you've interacted in so, some way in social media or just aware of them doesn't make you their friend. Doesn't make right. you, it doesn't it's make like, you allowed to say certain things about right things. <laughs> so I don't know. Like, it's just like, I don't know if it's because we come from a particular time on the internet and it's just like, I don't presume to know. And I'm also old enough. Like, I don't know them people. These people don't know me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, again, it's one thing to be less than after um, a fictional character, book boyfriends, what have you. But it's something totally different when you want to go and actually sexualize somebody's husband and you, that type of thing. So the wife kind of made it a big thing. And Kira was offended that his wife was just making it a big thing. And. She was just like, had I known that it would have upset her, I would have immediately taken it down if she just would have reached out to me. And I think she was just more mad that it was getting all this traction and negativity because people are coming to her saying, you know, that she needs to take it down or stop, you know, sexualizing this woman's husband as opposed to like maybe actually feeling any type of way because she's doubled down and said that it was a joke. So I don't know. I'm not on book talk. So I did not see all of those things. It's like, it's really interesting how this type of stuff can blow up in a very small, like not small subsegment, but a subsegment of TikTok. But interesting. Oh, I don't have any iceberger things like that. I haven't really been on social media lately, but what I have been getting into is another part of my nerdum. Um, I've gone back to watching a lot more anime. I've been trying Come to catch on, up on a lot of pieces of anime lately. So for those of you who do watch anime, these are some of the shows that I've been watching and catching up on. First one is My Happy Marriage. My Happy Marriage is on Netflix. It is not one of those action animes that you actually see most of the time when people talk about anime. In fact, Dovecat, you might be interested in this one. It is a weird love story. So you have a main character. I'm not really good at doing like Japanese um, pronunciations. I'm going to say her name is Mia. I'm going to hope that's how you pronounce her name. Okay. Mia was actually from a family that has abused her from the moment she was like a child. She's literally been abused. She's for any and everything. Basically, her, if I remember correctly, her father remarried after her mother died. 
and her stepmother and their child basically treated her like shit. You know, kind of like the Cinderella story. I was about to say. Like, but the dad also kind of did the same thing. So from her childhood all the way up, she was being abused. And this this anime takes place in a world where there actually are people with hidden powers and abilities and things like that. And she's essentially about to be married off to this man who people consider like this asshole. They just essentially, it almost feels like the family gave her to him because they had already heard that he was a terrible person. Mm. So let's just pass him off to another terrible person. And in a way, it almost feels like they expected that none of the things that they've ever done to her would ever come up because he would be doing some of the same stuff that they did to her. Okay. Well, turns out he's not a terrible person. So you see their interactions and you, you kind of in a weird way can see how they're made for each other. Despite all these things. So like she, she basically, when she meets him and she's staying with him, she assumes this role of this maid on her own. Like mm. I'm supposed to do for him. Um, she never had nice clothes, which is why he was most confused about because he was looking at her family and seeing how well off they were. But she came over and she only had like one outfit and it was torn and dirty. So he's starting to naturally pick up that something wasn't right from where she came from. And he's teaching her that she deserves more than she's accepting. So, like, there are moments where um, he asked her to make something for dinner. Mm-hmm. She made it, and it was terrible. And he he's not, like, mean about it. He's just like, mm, it's kind of okay. And she's, like, goes straight into this very apologetic, like, feeling like she doesn't deserve anything kind of thing. He's like, no, it's okay. You, you'll do better next time. Like, it's no big deal. Or, like... He was going into town and he was like, hey, do you want to come? And she's like, no, I don't. I'm I shouldn't. I should just stay home. He's like, no, you deserve to go out of the house and do things, too. So it's just like she's she's learning what life is like when you're allowed to do the things that you want. And I have a strong feeling that most likely she has a power as well. Mm -hmm. but It's been suppressed because of all the abuse that she's gone through. But it's very interesting. Like I I generally watch a lot of the action anime, so this was definitely something outside of what I normally watch. But I thought that was interesting. I'm also watching Zom 100 and it is okay, full name cuz most of these animes can have really long names. It's Zom 100 Bucket List of the Dead. So in this one which weirdly enough is, I think, is something that a lot of people in corporate America probably can relate to. He's someone who who is striving to do certain things in his life. He gets to corporate America. He gets what he thinks is his dream job, and he absolutely hates it. And I believe he, he's working at this job for like three years or something, and then the zombie apocalypse happens. So while other people are like miserable or dying, he actually sees this as the perfect thing to have ever happened to him because he's like, I don't have to go back to this job that I hated. I can actually spend time doing the things that I want to do. So like in the episode two, he has, he runs out of beer, mm. runs out of beer. And he's like, hmm, I'm going to risk my life in town go to this convenience store so I can get more beer. Cause my goal today, I just want to sit at home and I want to drink beer. 
he goes out, he meets this girl in town. I don't think we've actually been revealed her name yet, but she's the complete opposite of him. You see a very small part of her backstory where she thinks that this is a zombie apocalypse. I need to take good help, uh, care of myself. I need to be eating the right things. I need to stay active. I need to be fit. Like she's just like, if something happens, she wants to be in the best state possible. So that she can survive. So they're in the convenience store together. She's buying essential, well, not buying. She's just taking essentials like, you know, water and things like that. And he walks up in there. He's just, he's killing all the beer. So she's already automatically in her mind said, this is not someone that I want to associate with because we have completely different ideas on how we should be living during this zombie apocalypse. But it is very interesting. But the end of episode two, he created a bucket list. His goal, I believe, was to try to make a bucket list of like 100 items, because at this point, there's nothing stopping him from doing what he wants to do outside of the undead outside. But he only made it to he only made it to 33. But I think his goal is to continue to flesh out this list and then start working his way down the list. But I didn't know a lot of other people were watching it, but apparently they are. Um, And it was actually pretty good. And where do you watch it? Netflix. Netflix. And then there's one other one that I was watching. It's called High Rise Invasion. Okay. I'm not even going to bother with the names of these characters because generally when you're watching them, they're usually not long names. You might see something like Aiko or Usagi, something that doesn't go past three or four syllables. And then one of the main characters there, her name, and I say, you know what? I'm just going to give her something. Um, But it's weird. Like one of the main characters, I think her name is Yuri. She's... Full disclosure, anyone who decides that they want to watch the show, it is incredibly intentionally, but not sexual. Mm. What's so, the name of that one? Like, no, 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 no. Not in that sense. It ain't. Ooh. Although there are animes with lots of smut. There are there. And you can get into Hante and that's when they really be going ahead and doing things. But um, in this particular show... <laughs> It seems that the two main characters are like interested in each other romantically. Mm-hmm. They're two women, and um, like, cool. there's one moment with one one of the. <laughs> so Yuri is very, oh my god, I don't want to do this. We, this is so scary. But then when someone that she cares about is in danger, she just steps up like this without even thinking about it. And there's a moment where I think her name is Shiki Aiko or something. I think her, we call her Shiki, but she is about to be like killed. And <laughs> you see a body jump in front of her. <laughs> and I swear on everything. She said, those panties, like, as in like, she recognized the girl's underwear. And then she's like blushing, like, oh my God, she saved me. So it's like that really weird sexualization. But this show is very weird where it's like they're in this world where they're just on top of all these buildings. Mm -hmm. And there are these people with these masks that once they put on these masks, they basically can't control themselves. And their goal is to kill you. So these people are trying to survive. Or as they said, they're trying to be closer to God, um, which I think is a play on everything. They're on these tall buildings, you know, heaven is here kind of thing, all stuff. But it's very interesting. Like Yuri's whole goal is that she's trying to find her brother. Like they got here and they've been separated. She knows he's out and she's just trying to save him. But in 
in the process of doing that. That's how she meets the other girl and all these things. But I watched that whole first season. It was really good, very entertaining. Um, like I said, I watched Zom 100, but, um, but that one is releasing weekly on Netflix. So I have to wait till that comes back. I'm also watching Record of Ragnarok, which is basically a show where the Greek, Greek gods and humans are in a battle. So basically, there is a human that has to face off against a Greek god to survive. I know it sounds weird, but it also, these humans, for the sake of this battle, have also been given certain abilities to help them in this battle. Um, So, like, we see (laughs) Zeus fighting Adam, as in, like, Adam and Eve. We see um, Hercules is fighting Jack the Ripper. Which that was a very, very entertaining battle. Very entertaining. Jack the Ripper is very skilled. But you see them in their they're fighting, but it's it's very interesting because like I watch it thinking there's no way that this would even make sense that they would be fighting these humans, but then you see some of the things that the humans are doing or the heart that the humans have to keep fighting, even in circumstances where it looks like they shouldn't be making it. They released the season two not too long ago. I think the second part of the season two episodes dropped on July the 12th. So I'm trying to catch up. But that's a good show. But I think you would actually like My Happy Marriage. My Happy Marriage. My Happy Marriage. Let me write that down because I'm always looking for new stuff to watch. It's, it's so unlike anything that I think people would you normally identify anime with. Mm-hmm. Because most people, when you say anime, they think Sailor Moon, they think Dragon Ball Z and Pokemon and stuff like that. But there are tons of anime. There are cooking animes, there are sports anime, there are romance anime, there are actually gay romance anime. <laughs> like, there's an anime for anything. Like, I think one of the most popular ones right now was, was it Food Wars is a very popular anime. Um, but yeah. Or Mr. Was it Mr. Stone? Dr. Stone? I think it's Dr. Stone. That was a very interesting to one too. Give it a little a little look. Let me let me um let me ask you this before I continue on. Why do they think <laughs> that he's a terrible person? Because hold on, let me let me go back to it because it's it's interesting. Um anime Mayo and Crunchyroll. Well, yeah, you probably can watch it there. Uh, da, 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 da. Why he look white? In case of, yeah. Also, FYI, a lot of people, for whatever reason, thought the anime characters were based on Western appearances, like mm-hmm. modeled after Americans. They're not. They're actually um, created and modeled after cats. I will send you the video, but literally, if you look at, they actually put side by side pictures of what a cat looks like and how you see them. So, if you ever look at like some anime character, you see like their noses kind of turn up a little bit. They have certain facial features, and they are modeled after cats. Okay. Okay. So this is what they say. So she was being, she was forced to be engaged with Kyoga Kado. Kado. But anyway, they say he's notoriously bad-tempered. He's a soldier known to scare away potential wives within three days of meeting them. And I think uh, what the reason he is that way is because they're coming from these spoiled families, and they're coming from money. And he also knows that a lot of people are only trying to marry him off because of who he is. Okay. 
Whereas, and then he meets her and she's so unlike any other woman that he's ever been paired with. And I think he goes from being trying to push them away to being curious. He's curious about her. Like, why is she this way? Why doesn't she think she can, she should have these things and all this stuff. And I think even by the end of the first episode or maybe even the second episode, he actually mentions like, we're going to be getting married soon. So like, this is one of the first people he's ever been with where he's actually seeing it through. But it's also because she's so unlike all the other people because she's, like I think one of my friends recommended this anime to me, and I I messaged him in the middle of episode two and was like, "She needs therapy. She needs therapy. She has been completely torn down by people in general. For her to not even believe that she is deserving of going outside and shopping like a regular person says how much they broke her down. So that's it. That's what that's what I've been doing. I've been diving into anime. Um, yeah, I even posted one of our t- on a TikTok video. Again, almost blurs on TikTok. But uh, I posted a video about me trying to convince Dovecat to get into anime and things like that. And that particular anime that I posted about that day was Zom 100. Okay. I, um, it sounds like a K-drama. Which we've been watching those two. We're watching The Glory. There's one called Celebrity. Uh-huh. Um, which is about influencers. They are a mess, an entire mess. But yeah, the glory, like that one's up. These are all on Netflix because since Brian's watched one, now our entire algorithm it just has a slew of Korean dramas now. So yeah. Well, you know, I've only seen one K drama and I loved it so much. I try to put you on to it. The one that was on YouTube or something like that. Yes. Was it fate? Is it faded? Let me find it. Faded to love you, I think. Yep, that's what it is. They've Let me see renamed if this it. actually streaming anywhere other than there. Oh, it only aired for like two months. Mm-hmm. I watched all of them on. Um, it's called "You Are My Destiny." Oh, there's another one. Okay, so "Faded to Love You" and "You Are My Destiny" are kind of the same. Like "You Are My yeah. Destiny" was a remake of "Faded to Love You." Nah. Faded to Love You. That should be the one. Because, I mean, Faded to Love You, it was um, it was really good and it got sad. I was invested. I can tell. I can tell. She weren't as invested as me. Well, I, I've watched some Korean things, but most of the things I watch that are uh, Korean shows are like horror. They do <laughs> horror better than anyone else. They're hard spectacular. There was this one show that it was on TikTok a month or two ago, and you may have seen it. And it was a K drama, but basically there was this lady, and I've been meaning to watch it. It's on Netflix. They say it's a lady who had been married. She had two kids, and they like older. And like before she had her first child, she was a med student. She was a doctor, and she quit all that so she could raise her family. So. Now, you know, she's wanting to get back into the swing of things and she wants to go back to, you know, to do to do doctor stuff. <laughs> and essentially what happens is her husband is cheating on her and has had an affair for years, right? And his daughter, his the, the lady's daughter, the daughter that she shared with her husband is I think the this best. is Dr. Cha. I need Dr. to see it. Cha. I just Googled it. It says um, 
No, the show is called um, Mm Jun Wa. Well, this person stars as a wife, mother, and daughter in law who, after a life threatening incident, realizes that she has let her dreams pass her by for too Mm. long. She returns to the medical profession 20 years after she left it to complete her residency to the chagrin of her conceited husband and the snooty mother in law. The snooty mother in law. But see, the thing is, the husband has a love child. And the love child is best friends with his daughter. And they don't know it. It's a mess. And then at the end, well, from what I've seen on TikTok, it seems like he can't take it that she's doing well and that people like her. And he's been really shitty to her. And she wants a divorce. And he's like, no, it's a mess. But I do want to watch it. How many episodes? It's on Netflix. It's on Dr. Cha. And it has... This is 16 episodes. Jesus. It looks like it was just like a one and done. (laughs) Well, usually they wrap up. They wrap up. They tell the story. They wrap up and then they go about their business. But I'm definitely going to watch it because. It was a commercial hit and became one of the highest rated series in Korean cable television history. They just know how to do it. Like they do the drama. Mm hmm. I mean, they do the drama. Well, I guess that was a great icebreaker. (laughs) We got into a lot of stuff. So get into some anime, get into Dr. Cha or Chae on Netflix, all of the things I watched on Netflix. And there's a, don't be out here talking about people's husbands in real life, about them breaking your back. If, um, you know, people could be potentially upset about it. Yes. A piece of advice, stick to fictional characters, boo boo. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not real people. All right, so that takes us into blurdy news. For blurdy news, of course, we usually spend most of our time talking about DC, Star Wars, and Marvel. If anything else pops up, we just throw it in there. So I'll go ahead and start with DC. Um, Since we're talking about fictional characters and, you know, people know how to do it right, that would mean that we would not be talking about WB. Um, But since we are going to be talking about WB, I just want to say, you know, this is like some sort of positive as it relates to the Flash movie. Um, anyone who's been watching or listening to our podcast, watching our videos or whatever, they know that we were not spending a dime on the Flash. Um, there was nothing in us that would have allowed us to do that. I did see it through alternative methods, and I did provide my opinion on it. But apparently now that the film is actually available for on-demand purchase, it's actually doing well. This is the only point in this whole process that it started to do well, um, which is probably, I, I don't know why you would be comfortable spending money at home, $20 at home, as opposed to what could go down to less than $10 on the Stimulus Tuesday at movie theaters, but that's not a here or there. That's all business, but it appears that it is doing well there. Um, I don't think it'll do well enough to be able to recoup any of the costs that it lost because of you know, it's failure in box office and failure in international box office. But I guess for people who are involved in the film who have felt sad about it not doing well, here's your yay moment. People are actually buying it at home and they are seeing this movie. You know, that was the argument. A lot of people are like, I don't want to see, you know, they're hurting people who weren't Ezra and da, 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 whatever. So there you have it. The movie is doing decent at um, on demand. 
it's still a catastrophic failure, but you know, what, whatever is going to make you feel good about things. I did watch it. I did say that it was better than some other DC films, but it had tons of shortcomings. It was not a perfect film. It was not the greatest superhero movie that a lot of people claimed it was. And the CGI they wanted you to is come watch absolutely it. terrible. They wanted you to come watch it. And y'all did. Yeah. Y'all did. They did. They did. Not us. <laughs> All right, so since we're still talking about DC and people hearing bad reviews and things like that, Zachary Levi has finally spoken out about all of the negativity that he and the, the film Shazam, um, what was it, Fury of the Gods received after it came out. Because it did worse than The Flash, which, you know, that says a lot. But this is what he said. I mean, the first one did well enough when where they say, hey, let's look into making a second one. And then they pitched me the idea on it, and I thought it was really fun. Even before they pitched the idea, I was talking to Walter Hamada. I mean, shouldn't we do something with, you know, the Greek guys and stuff, considering that I have all that stuff running through me? And then, of course, that's exactly what we ended up doing. So he's, he's given us context for how we even got here. But then... He says, but listen, as an experience, I really enjoyed making a movie. I really enjoyed that part. I don't know what the future holds for all of it, because unfortunately, the second movie was not as well received. I mean, the audience score is still quite good. I will be fact checking that in a second. But the critic score was, I don't know, very oddly and perplexingly low. And people were insanely unkind. And he said, I've been a part of things, and as much as I wish they were good, I know they're okay. I know that they missed a lot. And I'm not saying that Shazam, Fury of the Gods, um, is some perfect Orson Welles masterpiece. It's a good darn movie. When I watched it, normally I'm super self-conscious, and I still am. I'll watch something, I'm like, Zach, your posture is terrible. I can't stop picking myself apart. And I remember watching the first screening that I saw a few of the guys, and I was like, wow, we made a really fun movie. Dramatic pause. So, while you respond to that, I do want to fact check and look at um, Rotten Tomatoes. Because I don't think that this was one of those where it was incredibly dis- like divided between critics and audiences. I mean, I'll say this. It wasn't terrible. Really? Okay, so maybe I was wrong. All right, Rotten Tomatoes says that critics, I mean, audiences gave it an 86%. I'm really shocked about that. But I think that the problem that a lot of people had, and myself included, was the fact that even if it wasn't terrible, it did not come close to what the original gave us. The original had a certain level of magic that I don't think anyone expected. And at the very least, we were hoping to get a little bit more of that this time around. And we didn't. That magic was gone. And their choice of villains were not that great. Um, I think they could have easily swapped roles. I think we talked about that. Like Lucy Liu being the villain. She, if I'm telling you, I think I said this in the uh, the previous episode, if I had to gauge her acting experience and her skill based off of this film, I would have never hired her for anything else. (laughs) Luckily, I've seen her other stuff that I love, but I thought she was absolutely terrible as a villain in this. And I think that Helen Mirren would have served as a better villain. Um, than she did but you know it is what it is I think that I 
Someone made a, they said, my son really enjoyed this movie, but I can honestly say I never have to watch this movie again. And I think that's how I feel. After watching the first one, I could have watched it again. It was cute. It was fun. It was the, the, the children specifically were what made you enjoy that film, seeing them as adults, but still children. There was something that got lost with these kids this time around, and I didn't like that. And I also feel like Megan Good's character needed a little bit more time because she was one of the standouts in the first one. And even in the little bit that they gave her, she was still a standout here, but they didn't they didn't play into it. And I think they were trying to say, oh, they're getting older, but they're still kids. They're still kids, and they could have played into that a little bit more. But that's they could have. They could have leaned in. You're right. I mean, like I said, it wasn't terrible, right? It wasn't mm-hmm. terrible. Definitely wasn't as good as the first one. Um, I wouldn't. I don't have to go see it again. But I also didn't have to go see the first one again either, um, because maybe it wasn't for adults. Really, for real, for real. Maybe it is for kids, or for a younger crowd. I don't know. I'll tell you this though. With the second one, you're right. There are so many things that I can kind of pick it apart. The fact that they didn't really lean into the kids like that. Um, mm-hmm. The way that Helen Marion probably should have been the one to carry the villain role. Hmm. And I don't know if they would try, because she is visibly older than Lucy Liu, that they thought that maybe she should be that, like the actual matriarch and kind of do that type of thing. I don't know, but Lucy didn't do a good job. This wasn't a good job. Mm-hmm. That, that wasn't the role for her. I think she should have had a little bit more of a supporting thing. And here, Helen should have been able to do the heavy lifting. And that's sad. I'm sorry. But Lucy just fell flat. You're right. But it, like I said, it wasn't terrible. It just, I, it just I wasn't. I really feel like instead of going in the direction that they did, just despite the fact that apparently The Rock was against it, this Shazam sequel should have been the opportunity for them to make Black Adam be the villain to this character. Because it would have, it would one, it would have created that arch nemesis type of thing for his character. Because the fact that there was, you know, resistance to that, despite that, they literally have the same abilities. It was just to me, it was it was a completely missed opportunity, and it was, you know, it just could have been so much better. And you know, his film, The Black Adam, had all these other heroes in there. This could have been an opportunity for, let's say, Black Adam was stronger than Shazam. Him giving me support of the Justice Society to help beat him. Like, it's just so many ways that they could have spun this Shazam sequel. And Zachary, and it's not Zachary Levi's fault because he was actually on board with them bringing in The Rock and bringing in Black Adam. I mean, but we've, we've said before that it was a Rock thing. An ego thing because mm-hmm. he wanted Black Adam to kind of stand on his own, and I, and we've both said it was a missed opportunity because they could have easily, easily brought the Rock in, even if it's just like a, a post credit scene, right? Even if it's something as small as that to connect the worlds. I, I just I don't know. I just thought it was strange that. Dwayne The Rock Johnson would want to kind of separate himself from the Shazam kids and yet use some of the the, the same wizard who gave him his powers. The same one that gave them to Shazam. Like, it just didn't make sense. And they were interconnected and they could have did more. And I think that probably would have been more interesting to me if Black Adam was was able to be utilized in that way. Actually, Mm -hmm. now that I'm thinking about it, and I might have said this previously, that it would have been great to have Shazam set up Black Adam 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that would have been, that makes even more sense. Bring in Shazam, introduce Black Adam in this movie, and then allow Black Adam to have his prequel to help explain how he got to who he was. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. But I'm no. I'm that. But no. I don't know. I have a feeling that the guy who made those decisions, I don't think he's going to be there much longer. Well, I'm, you know, the way they've washed so many people, got rid of so many shows, so many movies, things like that, I would not be shocked if he's already gone. So, (laughs) okay. So, another piece for um, DC. Excuse me. And... I feel weird even saying this out loud. Okay. As an effort to create anticipation for the <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing because in an effort to create anticipation for the next Aquaman film, DC <laughs> Comics has started to release. Um, they released three covers to a comic book series that is apparently supposed to tie in to the movie. We don't care. I know, but in an effort to continue our duties as far as this whole, you know, um, nerdy news thing, you know, we're just going to go for it. We're going to go for it. We're going for it. So, nobody watched Aquaman for the plot. This is true. This is true. Nobody. So, I just shared with you one of the images. One of those images here is just, it looks like this is an image of Black Manta, Aquaman, and somebody. His brother? What was his brother? Possibly. Name? I'm not sure, but this is what, this is one. I'm going to go ahead and show you all of the pictures. Okay. So, and then I'll tell you what they say for the tie-in. So this is one with them together. The next is just, you know, Aquaman giving. Giving. Mm -hmm. And the last is this one. So this is the summary that they provided for what is to come. They said, discover the shocking events that connect the smash hit Aquaman movie to the eagerly anticipated Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Aquaman balances his duties as king and a member of the Justice League, all while planning a wedding. Black Manta is on the hunt for Atlantean tech to help rebuild his armor. Orm plots to escape his Atlantean prison. Three action-packed tales crammed into a single special. We don't care. We just... Maybe... You know what? I shouldn't be that way. Maybe the people who actually enjoy comic books and all that, maybe they are looking forward to that. But I can tell you, as far as me and my house... Well, I'm sitting here just... That story didn't make me excited. At all. First of all, I he's what, Mira? They gonna get married? We, y'all, we With what chemistry? With what chemistry? None. So, like, there's that. Uh, I guess I'm okay with seeing a final appearance for Black Manta before Yaya jumps ship to Marvel as, what is it, Wonder Boy? I forgot he was doing it's Wonder Man. Yeah, Wonder Man. Yeah, he'll be becoming Wonder Man. And in the comments, apparently, he has some romantic involvement with um, 
Scarlet Witch. I don't know so how they that's gonna make that happen. Right. But hey, once you go black. But anyway, um and then Orm <laughs> escaping there. If you have well, you haven't, but if you had seen Watchmen, you would know even more why I say that the way that I said it. Because I've heard, yeah. I've heard, I have heard, and I love me some Yaya. He is fine. And that's as far as I'm gonna take because his girlfriend ain't gonna try to get me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I don't know. I think that the edit I would probably enjoy these comics much more than I'll I'll enjoy the movie. And I'm already okay with saying that because, you know, WB hasn't done very well with their translation of their comics to screen anyway. Um, So, and if we're going to be a hundred percent honest, if we're really going to do it, the first Aquaman wasn't that amazing. No one went like, it was not terrible, but you, most people watched it for him. In fact, you didn't even remember the man's name. I didn't remember the na- man's name. It wasn't. I don't remember hardly it. anything about that movie. It wasn't other than the fact that it. they finally made it so that they can talk without being in a water bubble. It was. It was what you said. When you said his name, it triggered something. Orm. Um, mm-hmm. I remember now, his. I'm only about to watched it multiple times. I've seen it multiple times. I didn't. There was a like. There's when my son watches a movie, he kind of go through like oh, well, a phase. But you, you have a kid, so. Where he, he watches it over and over and over and over again. Like, mm-hmm. so I was able to watch that over and over and over again <laughs> and critique it over and over and over again. Which is why I'm so adamant about Mira and Arthur not having any chemistry at all. None. You had to watch it multiple times to see how much they <laughs> didn't have chemistry the whole time. Like they made they made her they made her cool. Her powers were cool. They she's pretty, I guess, all that good stuff, right? But as far as them, it's like we know that we want Arthur for this. Gotta have him or Jason Momoa. He's gonna be our Aquaman. So whoever we get, they I guess they just I think she just had to be pretty. You know because who I. I remember most from the first film. What? Outside of Jason. Every time Nicole Kidman was on screen. But that was like three times. Mm-hmm. I remember the fighting scene in the beginning. I was like, oh, look at her doing her thing. And then I remember her later with, what? Did she have like gray hair or something by the time they saw her again? It was all know. tangled up. Yeah, she she definitely needed some VO5. VO5? But- she needed a comb? <laughs> She needed somebody to detangle that mess. It was a mess. <laughs> yeah, but I don't remember a lot about that film. In fact, I was actually really disappointed at the fact that they made Black Manta like much of nothing in that movie. Like they could have capitalized on him actually being a villain in that movie and they really didn't do much with him. So when I heard that Yahya was jumping ship to Marvel, I would have done that too because they really didn't do anything with you. Mm-mm. Like they, you could have been an actual villain, but they just made you whatever that was, and that was unfortunate. It was really, really unfortunate, especially if you watch, go back and watch Super Friends. Black Manta and Aquaman were just literally like boom, boom all the time. They just whatever. Maybe we have a missed opportunity, Joe. I just y'all can say whatever mm-hmm. y'all want to say, but I don't know if it's just the people. They're making these decisions just just or just trying to make a buck or they just don't care. I don't know, but they be missing the mark on some things. They just they mm. really do. If y'all knew that Jason Momoa was gonna be your guy, that's great. You should have got a mirror that was as pretty. 
mm-hmm. or had as much chemistry. Because weren't they mm-hmm. trying to say that the reason why she got that role was because of her connection with Johnny Depp? That was a rumor. Uh-huh. Allegedly. I, I mean, I'll say this. I mean, when you see her acting, maybe it was a favor. Maybe it was a call-in. Hey, my wife needs to do this. I don't know. I'll, I'll just say this. Is that they knew that Jason was their guy? Great. And I, I liked him as Aquaman. Did not hate it. Okay? For all the mm-hmm. reasons that we have said, okay. Okay? Nobody's mm-hmm. watching Aquaman for the plot. That man is fine. Got it. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I just feel like if you want me to believe, for example, when they're fighting in the water, he has to go off and fight his brother. And you want me to believe that the kiss, one kiss from her rendered him speechless and just like all loosey-goosey in the head. Y'all gonna have to do something a little bit better because that shit wasn't even believable. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I mean, I didn't believe that he got befuddled kissing her. He had more <laughs> he had more chemistry with his mama than he had with Mira. Which says that, to me that the problem was her and not someone else. Because the whole time you're talking, I'm thinking about um, when he was Drogo in uh, Game of Thrones. Because anyone who's watched Game of Thrones... The fact that he was able to build a chemistry with someone who was basically sold to him in in the show, because her brother sold her to them when they first got together, he raped her. Yep, I remember that part that much. There was there was literally no nothing, <sighs> but this this showed a lot with how George the writer of um, Game of Thrones wrote her character. Mm-hmm. Like, look, this is this is that time. This is during the time where nothing like this is out of the ordinary. This is how these people are. But instead of just writing her as a victim, he wrote her in a way so she turned her whole situation around and literally made him respect her. And the level of chemistry they had from that moment on was undeniable. It was so undeniable. And it wasn't just on screen. The fact that he, as Jason Momoa, was protecting her on set mm-hmm. said that it was, it was, that's how it, I think that just fed into them on screen. That even off screen, he was like, yo, you got her out here naked. Give her something. She does not need to be sitting here nude like this. Stuff like that. Like I'm sure those small things help to build even more chemistry on set. Like the fact that he was dying in the show and was still fighting, and you believed every moment. Like that was one of the things that people who watched Game of Thrones was most sad about. We wanted him back. Even if it meant he was coming back as a White Walker, we wanted him back. <laughs> because everything about that character, everything about their chemistry was just top-notch. Now, granted, if he would have come back as a White Walker, she would have died. But still, we just wanted some way for him to come back because them on screen together was great when it got to that point. But anyway, yeah. So, yeah, it's possible. It's possible. It's possible. So, I like I said, I believe that Nicole Kidman was his mama. And that's saying something. Well, okay. So, moving into Star Wars. <laughs> so, not, not a ton of news here. Uh, I think it's going to be silent on the Star Wars front. Um, I should have said quiet on the Star Wars front. Like that book, 
white on the western front whatever yeah whatever. Got it. um but <laughs> so donald glover is making history with star wars so it says that the series will be written by donald and stephen glover his brother um they worked on atlanta together and they will be working on the Lando series together. They apparently reached this deal before the writer strike happened, but because of this, he will officially make history as the first person to write a Star Wars project that they will also be starring in. And they say, before you before you get in there, I'm just going to okay. give you the spiel and let okay. you go for it. It says that the Lando series will give Glover his opportunity to reprise his role as a lung, uh, lung, young Lando. Um, who we know was played by Billy D. Williams previously. And um, I don't know if this is going to be following the events of the solo series. I mean, the movie that came out that wasn't good at all, that also starred Amelia Clark. Because <laughs> that was the movie she chose she to like be She's like a Disney chick. I ain't mad at her. Okay. Okay. She's like the Asian lady, the one who was in like she's literally touched everything, and I ain't mad. I'm ain't mad. It's like mm-hmm. Netflix; they get you in one thing, they'll find a way to push you in other stuff. They like you. Go for it. But yes, okay. So that's basically it. Give us the thoughts. Okay, so I haven't seen Solo for some reason. I feel like we were getting ready to watch it. You were just like, "Don't," because it's bad or something. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. So I didn't really see him in the movie. Like I just remember trailers and like commercials and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way that he was playing him up kind of seemed, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It seemed like he was trying to play him like a smooth ass Billy D. Williams, but it's only one Billy D. So that's that. Okay. But then it's just like his stuff. All right. So I know that he wrote Atlanta. The tone of Atlanta is very different tone wise and vibe wise to Star Wars. Right. Mm-hmm. So I do have a question for you. Didn't he have a movie that came on Amazon Prime with Rihanna? Isn't that something that he wrote? Uh, maybe, but I think he also was a part of something that just recently dropped with the, it's like the Hive. He did do the, the Hive. This, yeah. Yes. So, but I think he was behind that thing that he did with Rihanna as well. So, you know what? Maybe I should just watch. And he does comedy too. So he has a lot of versatility. He like does. He's, he's touched a number of things. And I always say that people who are comedians tend to be some of the best actors out there because it takes a lot for you to convince someone that you're funny. So, yeah. Unless you're Kevin Hart. Ouch. Ouch. I just scratched or my head. Tiffany Haddish. Oh, God. Or Amy Schumer. Oh, God. Yeah. Anywhere else? But if you're anyone else, you know. You're usually good. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So let me not, I'm not going, I'm not going to drag on Donald Glover that much. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just going to have to wait and see. And maybe before we get this show, probably 20 years from now, because the writer strike, actor strike seems mm-hmm. to be going on. Um, and they're going to invest in AI and think that they're going to be getting over, but nobody's going to watch that shit, but that's neither here nor there. But mm-hmm. I'm not going to drag on him too much and I'm just going to see what he comes out with with his brother and I'll judge it then as opposed to judging it now. Mm. Wow. I don't have opinions. I'm hoping that they'll make this all I feel like it. There's no way it can be worse than what Solo was. So, and watch. Just because I said those words. 
it'll be one of the worst things they've ever created in their entire lives. But, but I'm hoping not. But since we're still in Star Wars, okay, we know that Ahsoka is coming very quickly now. Ahsoka will be premiering when August the 23rd. And one thing that we've been wondering, we talked about it amongst ourselves with no real decision to actually move forward with that because we don't do well with the animated series. But um, the actress that plays Sabine Wren, uh, Natasha Lou Bordizo, um, was asked if people need to watch Rebels before watching Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. And she said, it will add more weight to everything that's going on, but it's fine if you haven't. I highly recommend you take the time to watch the, these series because if you don't, you're going to miss out on... Well, someone else said this. They said, uh, I highly recommend that you watch these series because if you're not, you're going to miss out on crucial, crucial background that you really need to know to fully enjoy the Ahsoka series, which is so exciting. So, basically two opinions here. The person who gave you the last quote was the person who played the did the voice for Ahsoka in Rebels and Clone Wars. So, I'm sure she wants someone to go back and watch it anyway for some of those residual checks. But, you know, you know, Sabine said, you know what? It might help, but you don't need it. And Mm -hmm. I'm okay with that because I don't know if I, there's a part of me that does want to go back and try to watch Rebels because apparently it's supposed to be a more mature version of Ahsoka. Things are supposed to be a little bit different, but I just, I struggle. I do. I struggle. No, no. I'm gonna tell you this right <laughs> I now. I can't do it. This is what's gonna happen. Anything that I do not understand, I will be googling. Okay, I will be using my good girlfriend, and we'll go from there to connect the dots. And also, I'm gonna be watching it, and I'm sure Ev is gonna be breaking it down as well, and he's gonna be able to add some context that I don't know anything about as well. So, with that being said, I think. Having to watch Rebels is not something that I'm willing to do when there's other things in place that I can get the context that is required. So, and also, I know you speak for both of us there. (laughs) And I'll say this I'm too old to be watching stuff that I don't enjoy. Say it for him one more time because that is too old. I want y'all to look at me when I say it. I am too old to be watching stuff that I don't enjoy. Okay. So. Yes. Clone Troopers. I mean, Clone Wars left a bad taste in my mouth. I couldn't even get past episode three. I don't know if it's because the animation was bad. The clapping threw me off because I was just like, what is going on? Y'all. You know I, I love a good media. You I, know I love a good one. I was like, what is that? What, what is that? I couldn't. But anyways. It was either going to be that or this. That one. That would have been better. <laughs> That was better. Oh, stop. Yeah. Just stop. Just oh, stop. Yeah. Just but stop. yeah, I don't know. Clone Wars didn't really do that oh, for me. It goes on for a while. Thank you. Thank you. Put your tail down. Sit <laughs> down. Okay, this is why I shouldn't have control no. over sound effects like that. Mm-hmm. But point of the matter is this, is that Clone Wars wasn't good to me. Sorry, y'all. I, I tried two episodes. The animation was wild. The story took a long time to pick up, and I'm just, I'm just not. So... Again, Rebels may be a better show. I'll never know. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with it. I'm Me okay too. with it. But that was really all for the Star Wars. I'm going to go into Marvel. One piece I'm not going to discuss because um, 
it's a part of our discussion for secret invasion, which we will be spending a lot of time with today. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to, we're going to quickly move through these things. First one, um, Madam Web, a movie that I don't think anyone under the sun has really been excited about. But hey, we're here. Yeah, so Madam Web, which is starring Dakota Johnson and Sidney Sweeney, apparently has, they've moved up the release date. Here we go. Here we go. Get ready for it. Get ready. The original release date, what was it? February the 16th. You want to know when it's going to be releasing now? February 14th. You get two days. I don't, I don't know. I don't know of anyone who is super excited about this film, but I also feel like they haven't really done anything to make anyone excited. No one knows how this is supposed to be fitting into this overarching Spider-Man universe that they're trying to create over at Sony. But I just don't imagine that it's going to be that great. Not because it's Sony, but because it's going to be a film that's not related to the MCU. And I think one of the things that has made the Spider-Man film so good is because they have the backing of the MCU and the story that's coming from the MCU helping to build, you know, those blocks. Um, And Venom 2 scared me because the first one wasn't incredibly terrible. It was like half of the movie was really good. The other half was not, but I hated the second one. Like there was nothing about the second one that I thought was great. It was rushed. So it didn't make me excited about anything else that's supposed to be coming. And then we also are getting this Craven the Hunter movie that no one asked for. Um, that I think they're just trying to lean into, it's going to be rated R. So people are going to want to see it. Um, but no. So yeah, but that's it. Madam Web is being pushed up to February the 14th, two days, because people are really going to be trying to take their girlfriends to the movies on Valentine's Day to see Madam Web. I don't know if they really thought that part out, but that's neither here or there. But since we're talking about the spider stuff, rumor is that Spider-Man Beyond the Spider-Verse may be getting pushed out. So Sony Pictures updated is uh, theatrical release slate. And then one of the most notable changes there was that Spider-Man Beyond the Universe, I mean, Spider-Verse was removed from the calendar, meaning that it was delayed from its March 29, 2024 date. Well, people have been telling us that. Yeah. But they said now they're thinking that it won't be any earlier than fall 2024. So there's a strong possibility we may not be getting a film until late 2024, maybe early 2025. But didn't we say that? we knew The animators who worked on this film said that we are not getting this film anytime soon. But, you know, they were talking about it like it was because of the animation. But now it seems that this seems to be more so related to the Hollywood strikes that are going yeah. on, which could be two completely separate issues. So if the strikes are pushing it out and the animators are saying something as well, and there's there are a lot of people who who are standing in solidarity with the the writers and the actors right now, which means that they might not even be animating at the moment either. So, to me, this is screaming a 2025 release, which is going to break my heart. I mean, because that, um, that last movie was spectacular. Chef's Kiss. Now, see, Sony, Sony don't have the same problem that Warner Brothers does with having their animated stuff be better than their live action stuff. I think if it'll be smart, if you guys 
to have the writers of the animators come together and talk to the people who be writing the movies and see if they can collaborate to make it work. That's yeah, all I'm, I'm saying. I'm no saying. But that is sad news. But the next one is actually not too sad. I actually can see this person playing this character. So one of the fan castings for Doctor Doom and the MCU is um, is Cillian Murphy. Mm. Which Cillian Murphy is a damn good actor. Like he's actually a really good actor. Most people, as far as comic books go, know him from the Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy as Scarecrow. So someone asked him if he would be interested in doing that role. And his response was, yeah, I think you've answered that question. Yeah, I mean, I'm always, it's always about the script. So I'll read. And if someone sends me a script, I'll read it. And you never know what turns up. That sounds like to me that he's already mm -hmm. talking to the people at Marvel. And he's just saying, the script's good. I'm being there. But yes, I am also interested yeah, he basically yeah he's like you know stepping into that or this universe, I'm all here for. Mm -hmm. Just don't give me no script that's going to be terrible because then I'm gonna have to shut it down. They but you give them. me something top notch mm -hmm. and I am in this. I will be all up in it, and I think that he'd be he'd be great villain. Like I remember, wasn't he the one? Yes, Red. No, 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 no. Red Eye. No, no, no. The movie with uh, what's her name? Rachel McAdams in the plane. And the guy who was sitting beside her, and he basically was threatening her to do everything that he told her to do, or he was going to kill familiar. her dad. Is that the one with um, Lupita? Is she like a flight attendant? Am I mixing movies? Ooh. I don't know. I don't know about that one, but you could be right. I haven't seen the movie in a very, very long time. But this was around the time that Rachel McAdams had basically took over as the It Girl. Yeah, it was called Red Eye because she was in the Notebook and Mean Girls and Wedding Crashers. Like she was. Every time you turned around, she was in a movie. Mm-hmm. But yes, Red Eye. And yes, it was Cillian Murphy. Was Lupita in this? She was not. Not. Sorry. She was in a movie. But that was... He was a really good villain because he was so charming in the beginning. And then when he flipped bad, it was so... I was like, oh, okay. I see um, what you did here. I see what you did. The book girlies love you know, um, do they give the um, they love oh, Cillian do. Murphy? They do. They like him in what's that role? Peaky Blinders. Mm -hmm. He's in that show. They like him in that show. Um, how he be acting in that show? They like it. So the Blue Park Girlies be loving yeah. some Cillian Murphy. Um, That's interesting because he doesn't have a very um, nice face sometimes. You know what's funny? That's a thing. And they, mm -hmm. God, I'm just he, looking yeah, at even at some of like, these pictures. Some of his pictures is like always even too that meme in picture. his face because he just be sitting in these interviews like, looking dead blank eyes, as everything. Just take the picture, <laughs> like just like I really don't be thinking about nothing, y'all. I like, I can tell you look blank as hell, mm -hmm. just blank. Doctor Doom need to be muscular. See, I mean, is he gonna put some muscle on? Does I mean, he could be, but I mean, Doctor Doom usually has on a lot of a uh, outfit, like he's a. Uh, he got on stuff, so even if they did and whatever. Okay. But one last piece before we get into our homework in anticipation for Loki season two, which will be premiering, okay. I believe, in October. And it'll be premiering on a Friday instead of a Wednesday. Because I believe the previous series good 
Like that's gonna change when you go Good. watch it. All it's gonna do is make it so that you gotta find a way to fit this show in in a shorter amount of time before we record. <laughs> Y'all hear her? Good. <laughs> you don't know me. So, you so. don't know me. Sure, sure. But so at Comic Con, the only real release that they did from Marvel Studios, because Marvel Studios did not appear there, was the uh, revealing of the Loki season two trailer. I mean, not trailer, but season two um, poster, which is really just showing Loki running around on top of Miss Minutes, which apparently she will be playing a major role in season two. I'm interested in knowing if we're going to get a major reveal as to who Miss Minutes actually is. Um, but yeah, it says uh, when they posted the pit, the poster, it had a caption saying T minus 100,000 minutes until Loki season two. Jesus. Um, but yeah, they're saying one of the questions that a lot of people are having here is, do we think that Miss Minutes is an actual ally of Kang? I would think so. I would think so too, because everything that she was doing, that could be something else too. That could be something else too. Maybe she's imprisoned or he's holding her ransom because he has someone else. I just would be interested in wondering why Miss Menace is manifesting herself as a clock. Mm-hmm. Like, where you at, sis? Like, you, are you, where you at? <laughs> you a scroll too? Like, what, what's going on? What is going on? Man? <laughs> don't get me started on this scroll but talk. Yes. But yeah, I don't know about Miss Minutes. Who she is? Ravana? What's her name? Ravana? Is that her name? Oh, the girl that ran off? The. Mm-hmm. the... I think, let me go bring it up, because it's been so long since we watched Loki that I don't remember a lot. Yeah, Ravana. Ravona. Ravona. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. I We, as a podcast here, really enjoyed Loki. It was one of the strongest series that Disney has done. To me, yep. the strongest series outside of Secret Invasion, episodes one through five, have been the first three series of since they moved to Disney Plus with these TV shows. Because WandaVision, Loki, and Falcon and the Winter Soldier, when you go back on them, they were strong introductions. They were solid. But I also feel like those were the first three shows that they had been working on. They took their time with those three shows. And then I feel like after that, it just turned into we got to push out this content. We got to push out this content. So I think the quality kind of suffered a little bit there. But Loki was a strong one. And I'm hoping that it's going to continue to be that way because Loki season two was announced when Loki ended. That's true. That's (laughs) true. That ended. And what was it? 2021? Dang, it's been that long. So so they've been working on this. Yeah. It premiered on June 9th, 2021. And when did it finish filming? Because that tells you a lot, too. Like, how long they sat and waited with that. But, yeah. They took their time. They took their time. In fact, Loki, the series, was originally announced in November 2019. I was so sure it was in 2020. 
the release for it. I'm on the Wikipedia page. Yeah, it dropped. Remember, it was that, and then well, it was WandaVision, Falcon and Winter Soldier, and then that all in the same, like boom, boom, boom. Mm. WandaVision. But yeah, so that's really all I got mm. um, for Marvel news because I'm really excited about talking about Secret Invasion because I have been y'all. I have harassed Dovecat since Wednesday to watch the show. And she gave me every excuse under the sun. Oh, I was cleaning and I started reading and I lost track of time. So I'm really excited about finally being able to talk about it because we have literally not discussed anything about the show. But first, we have to start with our other bit of homework, which is Superman and Lois episode three, which was called The Perks of of being a wallflower. Can y'all see I'll me? You... Yeah. Y'all can see me. Mm-hmm. I want to fight all three of those kids. All three of them. <laughs> I'm telling you, them kids are a mess. A mess. All of them, I just wanted to put hands on. Every single one of them. And it's crazy because I really want to be putting on hands on my own child. But I will if I have to. Mm-hmm. But these three... <laughs> uh-huh. I wanted to fight all of them, and especially Samantha ass. Especially Sarah. Oh, her name is Sarah. Hmm. Yeah, the, sure? the one that um that Jordan likes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Her name is Sarah. It needs to be Samantha. For the sake of this, her name is Samantha because she, she acting like a Samantha badass. The way that she was, the first of all, the way that she was talking to her mama and the way that her daddy wasn't giving her mama any support. Baby, let me tell you something. When she walked up in there, when it was time for dinner and everybody was at the table, mama was trying to get the family together. Daddy's bitch ass was looking at TV. The other baby was on her phone. Homegirl came in there and got her plate. Her mom was like, can you sit down? And she was just like, no. Instead of just like that, no. (laughs) I would have yanked her ass, man. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm telling you, these kids got so much mouth. So much mouth. And you know who's bolder? Superman kids bolder. Mm-hmm. He can literally kill y'all. Y'all mm-hmm. have no respect for that man. I think None. that's what makes the dirt dynamic even weirder. It's like we are the children of Superman. But still, fuck you. <laughs> like, you still my daddy, and I don't like you right now because I'm a teenager, and I'm gonna say whatever. You my mama, but I don't ain't. I'm gonna say whatever I feel like saying, and that's literally how. Oh my goodness! I'm, I'm just telling you, I was really upset with Samantha ass. I was. I, I just didn't like it. I didn't like the whole thing. Like I under, even with Lana ass, I kind of felt bad mm-hmm. for her because you got a daughter. You're just trying to do the best for her. She's not trying to see that because she feels like you're hovering. Okay? She's hovering because you try to unalive yourself. You try to go splat. Okay? Mm-hmm. And, you're, and, you're, and she's hovering because of that. And it's just like... I, mm, I don't want to sound insensitive to people who be going through this, these types of things. Um, but it's just like... It's almost like she feels like her mama shouldn't be worried about her. As if she wasn't... Yeah, I think that they're... Going there are two to like sides the of the coin. There are two sides and of the coin. Like, There's the one side where the mother is like, you know what, this happened. 
I wasn't aware that my daughter was going to these things. Now I'm trying to be hypersensitive to everything. And then you have the daughter who was like, that was a place that I was in that time. I'm not in that space anymore. You're making it hard for me even to live because you're not allowing me to do what normal kids do. So I I see both sides, but I also understand that as a kid, she's also dealing with the rebellious nature of being a teenager and also having a mother who actually cares, but maybe making her feel like it's overbearing at times. I think there's a moment where they really do sit down and discuss things. And she's like, like, because I think that's the biggest concern as a parent, like you went to the, you were in this place before. I didn't know. And I, there's probably the guilt as a parent. Like I should have known. Now I want to make sure I'm so involved that there's no way I won't know next time. But then it's like the kid is like, look, that was a really bad time. You have me doing all of these things. I'm working through all this stuff. And I think that Lana may not understand that some of the things she could be doing may actually be triggers for her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is, which I think is a problem because they don't talk about it. Right. Lana and her husband are working so hard to keep everything a secret, but somehow still remain supportive. And it's just like, how can you maintain this level of secrecy, but also support me in my journey to being better? There's a, there's, with that level of secrecy, there's a level of denial that comes from it. Yeah. And I think that they, as a family, there's a lot of lack of communication there. And I think that they both have legitimate reasons for why they feel the same way. But much like you, if you just decide that you're going to just tell me no when I ask you to sit down for dinner, now you're going to have to wake up tomorrow. <laughs> now, you, <laughs> now you just missed dinner. You missed school. And now it's 6 o'clock p.m. And now you got to have dinner for the next day. It because was just now what, you I, got knocked out. It's like you're right. Like I can get like what she's saying. Like as a teenager, I can get. I get. I really do. I see both sides. But maybe it's just because I grew up with a black mama who just didn't stomach or tolerate disrespect. That, that, and, yeah. And it's just like to see, and like my mama even really had to beat me like that. Like I'm like her alone. The fear was enough, right? And it was just like, she don't even respect mm-hmm. her mama. Mm-hmm. Because everybody, everybody being disrespectful. Everybody. Yep. I, I mean, everybody could have got it at that table. I would have, my husband could have got it. Little Sophia, I think that's her name, could have got Everybody could have got it. Everybody. But the fact that she was just like, no, I was like, girl, girl. Mm-hmm. Them kids, they be cutting up. So what were your <laughs> thoughts about uh, Jordan? And Jonathan in school. I will say this, right? Um, I didn't know what his angle was outside of trying to help his brother since he was back in school, Jordan, for joining the football team. Mm-hmm. Um, but when he was saying, you know, I got a handle on this, I can do this, give me a chance to do this, yada, yada, yada. The fact that he joined the team to, one, use some of his his special powers to kind of level the playing field, number one. And also, too, in his own way, he went to the old boy. He was like, look, I know I just tackled you. 
you're on the ground, you're going to listen to me while I tell you this. But I shouldn't have kissed your girl. I'm sorry. I had no idea. You know, it wasn't mm-hmm. whatever. Can we be cool? Which I thought was admirable. I was like, yes, Jordan. Yes. Yes. After knocking him all the way over. But, well, sometimes, but see, sometimes, and I think, and you know, you can say whatever you want, but I think when you're dealing with a bully, sometimes you got to meet them where they at. And sometimes the only thing they understand is a little bit of a little bit of force, a little bit of violence. So sometimes you got to meet them where they at, and that's he met mm-hmm. them where they were at. So to see, so they can see that hey, I ain't no punk ass. That's number one, mm-hmm. and number two, look, my bad, I did something wrong. Can we make amends? And as you can see, I mean, yeah. as the episode progressed, he's getting text messages mm-hmm. about talking about defense and all that other stuff. So it kind of worked out. So, I don't know. And Jonathan being jealous, I'm glad he kind of got it together because he was pissing me off too because it was just like, your whole life has only been you in these spaces. Mm-hmm. That's it because your other brother, for whatever reason, his emotional stuff, he just he just didn't fit in. So, like, he's almost like the golden child in that way. And, like, to have mm-hmm. your brother, and it pissed me off too because it was like your brother's trying to help. And you just mad because he's in an area that you... I think he was just mad because, one, this is usually an area that he excels in and he's not doing very well at the moment. And for his brother to come in and try to, like, smooth everything over and ends up getting the spot. And it kind of ends up flipping on him with the coach being like, you kept your brother for me? Take your ass and go run. Like, all those things kind of mixed up, I think, kind of just threw him for a loop. But I'm well, glad I think it's also more than that. I think it's the fact that when you sit back and look at Jordan as a character, or wait, Jordan, Jonathan, Jordan, Jonathan, Jonathan, Jonathan is the, as the, a character, the blonde one. one. Yeah, yeah. Jonathan. When you look at him as a character, I think that he is making him feel even less significant. You know, he had this space where this is where he he lived. This is this was his area, mm-hmm. and. He's not performing as well here. He's having to make a name for himself all over again. Then he finds out his brother has powers and he doesn't. So now his brother's getting attention, more like individualized attention from his dad, which they've both complained about not getting attention from him at all prior to them knowing that he was Superman. So it's like, now we know, but he gets more attention now because he's different. Mm-hmm. And now he's also moving into a space that generally was mine. I think that Jonathan is starting to feel more and more like he doesn't have anything. He's he's starting to fall backwards. And because in a way it's like, well, now I'm not getting attention from my parents. I'm also not getting any type of attention from school because now that it's going to my brother, he's falling back into the role that Jordan was in. Mm hmm. Because I have a feeling that Jonathan probably got attention in school and then from his parents because he was so good in school. I think it's a huge adjustment to go from being someone who, in a way, had everything and now having nothing in his eyes. So I think he he's just struggling with his identity now because he doesn't know who he is anymore. He was mm-hmm. the football player at one point, but now he's technically not. Like Because all of the attention is on his brother, he hasn't really been able to show up as a quarterback for them so it's just like who am i so i have a little bit of sympathy for him but i also think that he 
his anger at times is misdirected. Yeah. And um, yes, he, he has to work on that. What were your thoughts on Clark listening on them? Because, you know, they were upset about that, that he was listening in on them and for him to just show up at school the way he did when he could tell that something was off. The thing is, is that he didn't really have a handle on it. I mean, actually, we have no idea if he was going to explode or not, right? But you are in a high-stress situation where you already have issues controlling your emotions as it is because of whatever personality disorder, whatever they said he had in the beginning. Like, you already have that type of situation controlling what you got going on. And on top of that, you want to add powers. And your eyes are turning red because you're about to light homeboy up. Mm-hmm. I felt like it was. I felt like Daddy needed to step in, period. But in the I think same way, they, they probably were also feeling bad. Like I, I would have stepped in if I was Superman too. Me too. But they're probably sitting back, also thinking like he just got to school, and you ain't even letting him see if he can handle it. <laughs> like right. it, he That's didn't true. even have a moment to. It's like I get it, but it's also like you also have to give him an opportunity, right? To to control it. Um, which is probably, you know, Clark, you know, just being protective because he knows how those experiences were for him. And, but I think that he also has to realize, which I think he does start to realize a little bit more as the series goes on that his circumstances and his situation was very different than Jordan's. Because Jordan has support. He has, you know, his brother, he has him. Clark didn't have anybody. I don't think that he even was able to talk to, you know, AI daddy until he was older. So he didn't have anyone to help him with that. And his mom and dad were in no position to be able to help him with that either. So I I get it, though, because I would have been mad like, yo, you because it's like they said, it's not that you showed up. How often do you listen to us? Right. Like, how often are you always listening to what's going on with us? Does that, where is our sense of privacy there? Because he knows not to do that with Lois. Yeah. He <laughs> learned Lois he checked learn him about, that. Yeah, he had to learn that. He had to learn that. But I, interesting. Um, I also, the fact that he was able to try something and like it and you know kind of mm-hmm. making his own way i like that for jordan um i still wanted to fight samantha i'm trying to think lois bring your ass to the front <laughs> bring it we done did the kids i gotta drag lois just a little bit i'm already annoyed with her just because of the nature of who the character of lois lane is I had so many thoughts and I'm surprised Clark was just like, cool, you can go. It's late at night. You are going to meet up with people. Not smart, right? Then Mm -hmm. this is the kicker for me, right? The hotel looks a little shysty, right? Mm -hmm. The door is kicked in and you take your ass in there, not being able to see what's on the other side. Help. Help me. Help me to understand, Lois. <laughs> you put yourself mm-hmm. in danger because you got the protection of Superman. Mm-hmm. Right? But it's just like, you gotta be smart. 
Mm-hmm. That's the one thing. That's the one thing. And that's not to say that she's not smart, but that's like one of the one things about these damsel in distresses or these people that are making poor decisions because they know they got somebody mm-hmm. to back them up. But it's just like, you got to think about this stuff. Why would you go alone late at night when you mm-hmm. already... I forgot about her car blowing up. You already have somebody who's antagonizing your ass and blew up your damn car. Why would you go by yourself? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lois, why would you do that? But I, I thought that was dumb as well. But she, I got to be honest. I loved when Superman showed up. Because oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it showed how... You know, he ain't played by his lawyers. She hit that button and literally it couldn't have been but like a full second after she hit that button that he went flying straight through the hotel. And I was like, whew. <laughs> and I think the first time I watched, I said, like, I gasped a little bit because, you know, it wasn't, I don't even think they even did us the service of saying, oh, he's out here. He senses or hears the button. Right. It was just, she hit the button and he just was there. It was like, okay. He don't play. He don't play. And this was this was one of those scenes where it felt like graphically or CGI wise, they did well with it. Because you know, mm-hmm. like I've talked about how I felt like the CGI for this show was actually a lot better than I expected it to be, considering it's a CW show. But like, I was like, "Whoa, this actually didn't feel fake either." Like, it, I felt the energy and the power of him flying through here the way he did. You know, they talk about how. Um... So ever so often you have like on Facebook circulating the memes that black Twitter has come up with, with the Avengers wrecking stuff, throwing people's cars and wrecking buildings and stuff. Right. How come I don't ever see that about Mm -hmm. Superman? Cause that hotel didn't deserve that. Oh, I think about that all the time, specifically (laughs) with DC stuff, because in DC stuff, like they destroy everything. I mean, they destroy everything. You know, I know that in the MCU, that was one of the reasons why the whole Sokovia Accords became what it was. I mean, they literally lifted the entire city off the ground and everything and the battle for New York and all this other stuff. There is, when you go to Man of Steel, like, literally the whole reason why Batman was not on board with Superman was because of that very reason, how he was destroying everything. And care. like buildings are collapsing and falling, and there's no one saving the little people under him. <laughs> Baby, he don't care. Okay, he don't care. He don't care. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's apparent. And I was just like, damn, they talk about the Avengers. Look at Superman. Look at the walls now. In the walls of the hotel. Ooh, but I tell you what, though, um, Lois got to make better decisions. Lana needs to divorce her husband because he's full of, I don't like him. And Ooh, it um, gets worse. It gets worse. <laughs> it gets worse. So if you don't like him now. Oh God. And this right now you're not liking him for some of like you, you have valid reasons for not liking him, but as the series goes on, Oh, that feeling is going to amplify considerably because he is really like, textbook ain't shit <gasps> like he is not a good person so when Dang. you get to that part I, b- I believe it's specifically in season two um yeah it's like you don't like him now because of the stuff that how he acts towards her how he acts towards lois how very maga is she's giving but 
when you get to season two, that is going to change even more because he is just. I don't like him. So. I don't. I don't. He's trash. But um, also, Clark Kent needs to. The actor needs to tone down the dorkiness just a little bit. Just <laughs> a little bit. I mean, just a little bit. Because the way he act, gee golly, Lois Lane. I, I hate it. Hate it. <laughs> hate it. Mm-mm. But he really well, kind of like this episode. Is going to be called Haywire. Um, I'm scanning it, scanning it, scanning it. I'm trying to figure I- out when there's a specific episode that's coming up that I actually really enjoyed. But it's a it's a moment with Clark and and Jordan that happens on the football field. Mm-hmm. And I can't. I don't think. I think that. Yeah, he's gonna have a moment, and I just sit back like, whew, like it's just something, something very interesting about pain and mm-hmm. the threshold for pain as a Superman. Like, because I just wonder, like, because I'm trying to explain it without spoiling it. Like, if your son has to release his powers. And you have to find a way to conceal it. How does that not hurt you? <laughs> like, because it's gotta hurt. Like, it's gotta hurt. Okay. And it, lo- it looks like it hurts. Yeah, okay. I'm not gonna say anything else. But I. Can, oh, can I add one more thing before we move on? I don't have to see mm-hmm. Black Flutter ever again. I didn't miss him on this episode at all. If they want to go with the Morgan Wallen, whatever his name is, I think that's a country music singer. Yeah, whoever, that's the, the the racist. Yeah, but not whatever his whoever this Morgan person is in Superman and Lois. I mean, we can keep with that storyline, and because at this point, I feel like it's gonna be too much. Oh, you talking about Morgan Edge? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I feel like it's too uh, much dealing with Morgan Edge and Lex. It's a lot. Well, you know, that that will change. That will definitely change probably halfway through the season where you're not really having to essentially deal with both. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily saying someone's dying, but there will be a shift in focus to where it's more so going to be for Morgan Edge than it is going to be for the other guy. Because Good. still at this moment in the series, we don't know a lot about him. Mm-hmm. This Captain Luthor, we don't know a lot about him yet. So... Um, when we get to the point where you actually do finally get to learn who he is, that's when the show shifts a little bit for you. So you don't have to feel like you're dividing your time between two separate villains because at the moment, you don't really know who Morgan Edge is either. Okay. So there's okay. a lot still to come. But your next episode is episode four. It's called Haywire. Yeah. I remember this particular episode because I, I remember, you know, when people hit that button for Superman, he he gonna find even if he, he could be in the middle of a battle, he gonna find a way to get out of that battle to go find you to save you. And not, we didn't really talk about it too much, but did you find it interesting to see or yeah to see how he hears stuff, like how he literally hears everything and he has to like find your voice yeah. in the middle of chaos. 
I thought that was so interesting to me because I never thought about that. Like they do say that he has like super hearing, but I never thought about the idea that he has to hear everything all the time. And you just got to like shuffle through all of the noise to find what you're trying to hear. Mm -hmm. It sounded like almost like it's like a radio station. You know, when you're searching for a radio Mm -hmm. station and it's kind of staticky and then it clears Mm -hmm. up when you get to what you, that's what it seemed like to me. Which is cool. Well, that is it for Secret Invasion. Secret Invasion or Superman Super, and Lois? Super, Superman and Lois. Superman and Lois. That means we get into Secret Invasion. You go first. I will. I'm going to start. I'm okay. going to start. Let me get on. Get comfortable in this squeaky chair. So, Secret Invasion episode six was called Home. Yeah. Because and, and in this episode, we did get a couple of reveals. We finally got to hear why Gravit was so mad. Um, yeah. Um, but there were some things that I feel like they didn't do a good enough job explaining. For one, um, and maybe maybe I missed it. This could be my own personal thing that I should have known more about. But they didn't really explain very well what these pills were for that Nick Fury was trying to take. And I may have missed it, but apparently those pills were supposed to help with the radiation when he got there. That was my assumption. I didn't that was just my assumption because I knew that he was a human going into this highly radioactive place mm-hmm. and to, to see the pills I immediately thought oh this must be for the radiation but the thing that does not make sense about that is all of these people that the scrolls took that were also in this space with all this radiation mm-hmm. how were their bodies and lives sustained there because nothing we saw showed that they were getting regular injections with this stuff. They were just there and had this thing around their head, well, the thing in their head to pull out their memories and stuff. But I'm like, if he, his body reacted that fast from being, well, his body reacted that fast from being there. Because even Gravit basically said at one point, like, he probably would only have like 20 minutes to live. Mm-hmm. How did all of these bodies that were being held at that same location with that same level of radiation not impacted by that? And not even necessarily, I will even provide an exemption for the people who were underground with the, where all the beds were. Yeah, I was going to say they were covered. I, but not the people above where Rhodey uh-huh. and Ross and yeah. all those people were at the top. I didn't quite understand how we were supposed to accept that Nick, I mean, Nick Fury could have started to die that fast, but those people were still alive. Mm. So that was one thing that I didn't quite understand. I also didn't quite understand Priscilla leaving the house, but then being back at the house. So when she got the call, she was leaving the house. She had packed up her stuff to go. Because this was after the house had been invaded. I think she probably knew that this house was not a safe place anymore. And that's why she was leaving. But then when Nick Fury came back, she was there. So I was kind of confused there. Um, 
I just felt like if she was gone, then maybe when they were talking, I think, no, when they were, I can't remember exactly where it was, but she was gone. But then when she was there again, I just, I don't know. I don't know. Something may have just been missed by me, but something about that just felt, felt off. I know she left. And I, did she have luggage? Mm-hmm. She had a bag and everything. Like, sis was leaving. Because you, you saw all of the, the blood splatters on the walls and yeah. everything like that as she was walking out. But the next time we saw her, she was back there. I don't Maybe they cut out. Because maybe they cut out something. I don't know. It, that You're right. She was leaving. Oh, I know that she left. Because I, I now I need to go back and pay closer attention to see if she had luggage. I think she had, like, a, a, a bag. You're right. It was like maybe a tote was, bag or something. Yeah, but maybe maybe the intention was always to come back, or maybe there was a scene where she forgot something and needed to go back. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then something else that I don't understand. They did not provide information for it. I don't get it. What was the point of going to find the DNA for all of the people in the, uh, that were part of the Battle of Earth anyway? Like, what purpose would you need to have that and have it all in one vial. Like what were you as Nick Fury doing that required you to have all of that in one vial? And then also taking in consideration that everybody who was a part of this vial was not from the battle of earth. Go, like I ghost DNA was in there. Yeah. Ghost DNA was in there. And we saw Gaia use Ghost's ability during the mm-hmm. battle with Gravik. So I was like, certain people, I'm like, I got. Other people, I'm like, how? Um, so I wasn't really sure about that. Um, but there were moments that I did like in this episode. Um, I like that since the reveal of Rhodey being a scroll, they leaned into his actions so we can see how much unlike Rhodey's that character actually was like from the moment that we saw that when Nick Fury came to the hospital and Rhodey threatened him like mm-hmm. in the last the episode five up into this one where it was just like it was very like hey you need to go ahead and set these off you need to go ahead and attack them it was just very aggressive in the sense that he was trying to set off this chain of events um but the Gaia and Gravic battle, I could live it without. Uh, I, I thought, didn't need it. I thought visually it was weird. I thought uh-huh. that even her using stuff like, um, what's his name? Drax. She used Drax's arm. It was so weird seeing her very small and petite body with this big, random, muscular Drax arm. And then, I, I don't know. I, I think that I don't quite understand that the access to the DNA makes them just be able to turn on and off certain abilities, especially if they're not fully aware of the DNA that they now have in their bodies. Like, you know, like he may have known some, he knew some of them because he was the one who picked them up. Mm -hmm. He was out there in the field getting these, but Gaia, not so much. So I was like, how did you know? How do we know that? How did you know Drax? How did you know Drax's ability? And stuff like that. Because there was nothing that ever hinted that she was a part of the party to get the DNA. But but they also, they only said that Talos and Gravit, right? He said there was a team of people. Mm -hmm. We don't know. I assumed 
because they parted mm-hmm. ways recently. I assumed that um, Gaia was going to be wherever her daddy was. Her parents were. See, that's the thing that I struggle with because if she was around, then how didn't she know that her mom was dead? No, 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 no. What I'm saying is, is that... Well, we don't know when Sora Because I don't died. know the moment when the mama died. That's the right. thing. I, was like, I don't know when the mama died. We don't know when the mama died um, in relation to the Battle of Earth, right? We don't know that. Um, I am assuming that because Nick Fury had the scrolls around him, I'm assuming that I am assuming that Gaia and what you call it would be a part of that. Soren. Because mm. Soren was like, Soren stepped up from the very beginning when he's like, this is what I want to do. And she was one of the first people to step up. So I was just, I'm assuming that because of that background that we got, that she would be a part of the scroll group. And I know Gaia would have been a part of the scroll group as well to, um, to get the stuff for Battle of Earth. Also, the whole gravity thing and why he was upset. I, I was wondering who the guy was, who he was. I was wondering that. The fact that and he they still didn't him, tell us. They didn't tell us who he was. Uh, maybe he wasn't important. Um, maybe, maybe he just wasn't important. And um, he said, maybe when he said misguided, I was just like, well, what about him was misguided? What, what's, what's going on with him? I was just curious about these people that they decided to take over. And I was curious about him. Mm-hmm. And almost like... He felt some type of, but did, now that I'm thinking about, did they have to die in order to take over their life? No, but I think it made sense for them because they also don't want to be taking over someone's life, and they're also coexisting with them in life. The, the potential of someone seeing both of them at some point in time. Oh, okay. I think that's why Priscilla took over a body of someone who was going to be dying because she that person can die, she can go live somewhere else, and no one would ever know that. Yeah, they were both around but, I mean, which also means that all these other people took over people who died too like Gaia who was the girl that you took over why'd y'all have to kill her apparently right I thought that was interesting I don't know. um he's like he had a wife he had a children and then I was just like Rabbit, are you and then I guess he is trying to blame it on Nick and I was just like well maybe you was just a wackadoo maybe you were touched in the head prior to Nick and the fact that Nick didn't follow through kind of messed you up but it's just like you over here talking about and feeling some type of way about having to kill that man who had a father and kids, but you had no issues blowing up the ter- the other people who didn't do nothing to you and, and your own people. Well, I think by that point he was completely unhinged anyway, so it didn't even matter. I think I think that's trying to show us that there was a point where he did have a conscience, like he cared. Right. He didn't understand why Nick Fury wanted him to do it, but his allegiance to him to and Nick. whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was saying that he was going to do for them made him go through with some of those things, which I guess is one of those. It puts a bit more perspective on him as a villain and also creates another space for us to care about these villains in ways that some other people probably would have villains. And we're like, oh, they're bad guy. They need to go kind of thing. But um, I don't know. I just I was left with a couple of questions. We know that based off of the president's actions that like even Nick Fury told him straight up, this is how you're going to become a one-term president. Like, because innocent people are dying now that aren't even scrolls. (laughs) Right. Because you said so, which I think I know that was a play on Trump. Um, Mm -hmm. But I thought it was interesting though, that, we, or maybe it was the plot point or a plot hole, we didn't get that about his personality 
the few episodes that he was in until the very end where he was talking about taking folks out, annihilating you. And I was just like, oh, who is this person? We didn't get much of a personality of, of, at all from him. He was just and, a president. No real voice or anything. Right. And then, unless, like I said, like unless it's been cut, but even like acting like that, with he was acting all scared and stuff. But for him to have this cavalier attitude, talking about the scrolls and stuff, I don't know. I ain't like that. Because it just seemed weird. Mm-hmm. Um... I do like the fact that Nick Fury don't give a damn that you're president. Right. And he was just like, that was a dumbass move, you dickhead. I love that. I don't know. So, um, I don't ever have to see Nick Fury kiss anybody else ever again. He's, oh gosh, no. And mm. you know what? That is Hollywood's fault. Because I feel like that's Hollywood's, because they never put him like a leading man romantic type of thing mm-hmm. because I don't think he is I'm not going to say he's unattractive because I like how he looked in the beard with the bald head but I will say that I guess in his heyday a leading man he wasn't really considered um well, I, I, he's no Denzel because that's who we came up with Yeah, yeah I don't think that he's ever marketed himself as being like a love interest like he's just never really been someone that in most of the things he's been in he hasn't been someone who has been like i don't know how would you say it he's never really been attached to somebody he's he's never been attached to somebody in romantically generally in stuff that he's in and I think that's why it's also really hard to see him as someone who has some type of emotional or romantic connection with someone because yes. we only know him as being the loud guy who's cussing somebody out and something. Yeah, so because it, it's very hard for me to watch him. Like when he was kissing her, I'm like, ooh, child. Like y'all have better chemistry just looking at each other. The minute y'all start touching, which is weird. Like, there's there's no I way. Feel, I felt bad for that because. Again, I feel like everybody deserves representation, right? And there are mm-hmm. older people who watch this who have this type of love and like they want to see mm-hmm. that type of thing on screen too. Like that happens, that exists. But again, it's like it's Samuel L. Jackson. And it's like all I'm used to him is saying motherfucker or cussing somebody out or being Nick Fury, mm-hmm. the one that we don't know what his personal life is about. You know, I feel like it was just weird to me. And I feel like that's mm-hmm. all Hollywood's fault. But I also will say that Secret Invasion kind of gave me, one, a new found appreciation for Nick Fury. Um, and two, this other side of him than this badass spy espionage type of character that's always about handling business and it's always a couple of steps ahead. Yeah, he was he was humanized. In this yes. series, like we saw him not being just the ominous figure that's a part of the Avengers, that's kind of helping to, you know, you know, navigate these threats. He's in this case, he was just like a regular guy who's having to deal with the consequences of some of his decisions. Yep. And yeah, so okay, so something I did not like was 
DC scene with all of the bodies under the ground. Um, uh-huh. So, as someone who's read the Secret Invasion comic, um, one of the things that made the comic special was that they did a really good job of making you really wonder who was a scroll and who wasn't. Mm-hmm. So they would do more to show you that certain people were scrolls. Like mm-hmm. I remember this one specific scene where uh, Jessica Jones is with the, her kids and Luke Cage has gone out to go help. And they're sitting there with like a butler or something. And then you find out that Jessica Jones, who is in there sitting with the child, is actually a scroll. And she's now about to kill the butler who's there, like kind of thing. It was so many of those moments. We didn't get any of those. So I was hoping that we would have gotten a little bit more reveal so that we can start formulating those thoughts like, oh my gosh, that person was a scroll this whole time. Oh, that person is a scroll still because this body's still down here. They basically led us to believe that the only people of value that were scrolls were the ones who were on the top. Mm-hmm. And we got Ross, we got Rhodey and all those government officials and stuff like that. And I feel like it would have been a great opportunity for them to show someone underground that was a major figure that we hadn't considered being a scroll. And then one thing that's actually cycling right now is that the one body that they revealed had physical similarities to Evan Peters. Um, And so a lot of people were like, oh, my gosh, it's Evan Peters. Well, I found an article where the director was like asked about that. They said, can you confirm that that was Evan Peters? And he said, I can't. <laughs> he said, there were moments where we thought, wouldn't it be fun if that was Chris Evans? And then there were moments where we thought maybe it should just be an anonymous person to show how much the scrolls are grabbing anybody. So I'm not deflecting your question. I just don't really know the answer other than he's just a guy. So this guy just happened to kind of look like Evan Peters, but people have just kind of run, run with it. And I didn't believe that was him in the first place because... I felt like it would have made more sense if it was someone that we had an actual connection to. Whereas mm-hmm. even Evan Peters and WandaVision, they said that that was just fan service. They did that because people would have loved to have seen someone like that. They had no intentions on bringing him back in any other capacity. Well, it was like, okay. this is a great way for us to show Evan Peters from this universe also being that same person in this world. But then when we find out that the veil is taken down, he's somebody completely different. So I think that that was a major missed opportunity for them to really do that. But I did watch your TikTok and you said something that had me wondering something too. So Ross, we were, you were wondering specifically, when did Ross become a scroll? And you specifically made a mention of Wakanda forever and how we know that at the end of Wakanda forever, Okoye went to go save him as he was being taken off somewhere. I'm going to throw out this theory that that Ross was a scroll and the Koye that saved him was one as well. And the reason that she saved him is because she knew that if she, he was taken away by these people, mm. that they would be able to find out that he was a scroll, mainly because the people who were taking him were Valentina and her people, who happens to be his ex-wife. So if anyone knows him very well, it would be her. So I'm going to throw out that theory that there's a possibility, like you said, that Wakanda has been infiltrated. 
And then there's also now a theory slash confirmation that Rhodey has been a scroll since Civil War. I just, that is so crazy to me. That is crazy to me. And when I saw it first, I watched the, you know, I watched the episode twice back to back. First time I watched it, I didn't even think anything of it. I was just looking at him. I was like, okay. And I was like, dang, he must have been there a long time because he can't even stand up. And then I stopped and was like, oh shit, he can't. He can't just stand up. He's been paralyzed from the waist down since Civil War. But then I stopped and I was like, okay, well, I remember in Endgame, he still had the braces on his legs. So I was like, oh. And then I remember Falcon the Winter Soldier, he didn't. When he was standing there talking to Sam Wilson, he was in his suit. He did not have any braces on his legs in. So I was like, well, either he was replaced before Falcon and the Winter Soldier or he was replaced in the hospital and he knew that the scroll knew that he was going through this treatment because of the legs. But the director has basically confirmed that Rhodey has been a scroll since Civil War, which opens up the door for a couple of things. One, Gravit has been working since Civil War. And that the only reason things picked up the way that they did is because Talos had a million scrolls come to Earth that now Gravik was able to impose his beliefs on to convert them into this whole mission that he had ready to go. Um, and it also lets us know that Rhodey is going to need all kinds of therapy when he finds out, one, what happened on Earth, what happened with um, Thanos, the fact that Tony Stark is dead, and then now he has to find out all of the decisions that he's he's been a part of, but not. Like, the scroll was a part of all these conversations during the blip, talking with these in the inner circle about the stuff that was happening. This is this would also let us know how Gravit was able to move the way that he was because Rhodey had been so like he had infiltrated everything with the government that was nothing happening that he didn't know. That's crazy. Uh, mm-hmm. I believed he was emotional when Tony died. Like I believed it, and for that to be a lie. Now, see, this makes me more interested in secret. I mean, armor wars. Mm-hmm. This kind of gives that brings an element to like, how is he going to deal with all of this? What does that mean? I don't know if if, if that's a good play to get me interested in armor wars. I'm interested now because before I didn't care. Mm-hmm. I did not care at all. Well, this is where we are now. This is what. It's Damn. happening. I just don't. Okay, so this is also one of my other complaints about this finale. This finale didn't really open up as many doors for what I was expecting to see in the future to MCU in the way that I thought it would. So, like the whole thing with Sonya and Gaia, the fuck am I supposed to do with that? I want more Sonya. I do, but I don't understand how this matters. Mm-hmm. Like, what does this mean? How are we supposed to pretend like Gaia is not the most overpowered being in all of the MCU now? The ability to be as strong as Captain Marvel, be able to 
tap into the strength of someone like Drax, be able to tap into the telekinesis of someone like that guy who worked for Thanos and, you know, teleporting and stuff like Ghost. And I think that they were, they've been very strategic up until this point by not allowing Captain Marvel to be integrated in so many things because she's so strong. It wouldn't even make sense that she's a part of certain battles because who is going to beat her? I think that was one of the main reasons why when you go back to Civil War, Thor wasn't a part of that fight Mm. because it wouldn't have been a fight. They had to put these weird restrictions without calling it a restriction on things because people have so many powers. How does one control someone like Gaia? There are even people out there like, okay, well, what what was the thing called? Extremist or... The mm-hmm. thing from Iron Man 3. Mm-hmm. Is is graphics really dead? I was wondering that too. I was wondering that too. It's not really clear. You see a whole shot through him. But my thing is, is that we saw Fury shoot him in the face. We saw the other. We can see through his face. And it mm-hmm. healed right on up. So what makes me. What, y'all want me. Maybe he's not dead. He's probably not dead. He's probably going to be locked up somewhere. I feel like we will see him again in if we see him again, it'll be Secret Wars. Yeah. But but the question that I've been asking, which probably that didn't get answered after the show, is where do the scrolls, what does that mean now? The fact that he said Mm -hmm. there's a million of them on Earth, that to me, like I said, that to me makes the stakes higher because you just don't know. And then we seen all of those bodies under the ground. Yeah. How are they going to find all of them? Child. Child. And does that mean that all of the ones who have taken over those bodies under there were bad? I don't know. Because when they, um, the, um, at the end, when they first, when um, they're walking out, right? The officials and the one that Gravit killed first, his, his, his second in command. Or first in command, mm-hmm. he was some type of military person. He was suited up. He had the badges and stuff. And I'm just like, well, who, well, who are these people? Who are the scrolls? That's why it's just like to me. I feel like it's always going to be a question. They're not going nowhere. There's no mm-hmm. way that you can eliminate them all. They're always going to be in the background. Something that I don't understand, and maybe you can help me understand this president goes on TV and he's like, yo, we've been invaded by these scrolls who are shape-shifting. We know how we we can find you. We know who is who now. We know Mm -hmm. how we can find you. And they're just showing up killing people. How? What technology are y'all using suddenly now where you can identify scrolls in that way? Well, you can't because remember the guy... But he said it. He said it, but he's full of shit. Remember when he... um. The um the prime minister, I think she was from the UK. Yeah, France. the one when they went, they had the round table conversation. Yeah, the one the one with the brown bob. Her. Mm-hmm. I guess it was revealed at one point she was a scroll, but when he came and he shot her and she was actually human, I was just like, they can't tell. Like you can't tell. Which is why it was dangerous but- for him to say that. Well, I think that was the issue. I think that they were trying to show us that some people who are acting now um, are government officials. Mm 
But then there are also people who are shooting people that are not. Right. Who, even if they had technology to do it, wouldn't be able to identify them. But I was just thrown by the fact that he said it himself. Because in my mind, I'm thinking, if it was that easy to identify, then Gravit would have known that Gaia was in there with him that whole time. He's an actual <laughs> scroll. And he did not know that Gravit, I mean, Gaia was in there with him. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say that. Because I was just going to be like, maybe the scrolls can't tell. Because remember when old boy um, first came, like in the first episode of Black Dude first came, they asked him to do something. Mm-hmm. And he had a shapeshift. And I'm just like, so y'all can't tell when another scroll is acting as another person? Like you, you know. They did always say that the longer that they're in human form, the harder it is to be able to tell. But I just think it was weird. Something about that. To me, it wasn't. It's like there's a lack of consistency there. Yeah. How they try to push that story. But oh, I don't really? know. I don't. It was like this episode. I'm not gonna say it was terrible, but when you had a show that to me got better every was episode. Solid. And then you get to the final episode, it ended up being one of the shortest episodes of the series, and it still didn't it to me, it didn't just feel like a complete series. Like I, I've said this many times with a lot of the previous series that we watched for Disney Plus. Marvel's not doing well when it comes to closing out their series. Mm. Like their their final episodes always seem to be lacking in some way. Like we felt that way about Moon Knight. It was like you we built this because Moon Knight was one of them series that kind of pulled us in, and then the final episode was just like, huh? And then you ended with well, the way you did, but it was mm-hmm. just like what? And then She Hulk, She Hulk was like an atrocity of a final episode. Hulk, I felt rushed. Like, and they, like, I think I was even, I don't know if it was in the published video that I did, because I did a couple videos before I finally posted the one that I did on TikTok, but that was one of the complaints I had about Hawkeye. I was like, you had an opportunity in your finale to at least make it feel like we should care that Echo was getting a series, and you didn't. Nothing about what was portrayed for Echo in that final episode made me feel like I should care about the rest of her story. Right. So it's just like, you know, they, they fell short there. Like, it's just... I don't know. There's just been a lot of shortcomings when they they don't know how to close out their chapters Mm -hmm. in a series. And if anything, I feel like your final episode should probably be your longest one. That's where a lot of your story needs to be told because you're having to remember that this should be connecting to the major story for the MCU. And I was hoping that we were going to get these connections. Like we at least get the connection for the Marvels. Um, there's an understanding now of why there were so many different types of people or beings in the spaceship with Nick Fury Mm -hmm. in the trailer because the president didn't just say, hey, we're at the scrolls. They're at the any entity that is not native to the the world, the Earth. Which also means, what does that happen to the, um, what does that mean for the Asgardians that were given an actual place to live on Earth? So it's just like, where did, does that mean that they're just going to invade the Asgardian people, New Asgard? Like, if they they are invading New Asgard, then what does that mean for stuff? So I don't I don't know, but it, it at least gave me an idea for why there were so many different types of beings on this spaceship. But it also means how many other alien creatures are living on Earth. So that's something else. Um, we kind of get, we don't really get an understanding for what Armor Wars is going to be. 
I feel like we do get a better idea of what might be leading into Brave New World for Captain America because we are seeing that the president is going to be is unhinged at this point. And a lot of the decisions that he's made and probably some of the decisions for things that have happened in this series are probably going to have a direct connection to what's mm-hmm. happening there. Um, but I don't know. Like, Sonya was probably one of the is my favorite character in this series. Yep. And I still don't know how she's connecting to the overarching like don't introduce a character that I fall in love with in this way and then you don't utilize her. Because Super Nanny is it. The way she Super Nanny been has been in here doing it. She was like, you gonna use me and I'm gonna use you. And that's how it's gonna And be. I love the transparency there. Like I ain't even gonna bullshit you. At this point, you use what I can give you. I'm going to use what you can give me, and we'll just figure out how to make this stuff work in the meantime. I'm not about to sell you on a pipe dream. I'm going to tell you what it is, which is I think she approached Gaia in a way that Gaia could have respect, especially after what happened with Nick Fury. Yeah. And I don't even think she hated Nick Fury. He sold us on all this stuff. Mm Mm-mm. I don't even think she hated Nick Fury, if we're being honest. I don't think there's a dislike there Um, because she's known him. She's known him since she was tiny, tiny. A tiny type for Christ. She's known him mm-hmm. for a very long time, so I don't think she hates him. Um, but I do think that she kind of finds it refreshing that who are you working at? <laughs> but I think she maybe Theo finds says, it refreshing you hear me? that finds it refreshing that this is a person who is in a position of power, who's not trying to butter her up and make them do things for whatever. She's just like, look, you need me, I need you, let's just work together and we can use each other. Mm-hmm. So, which is what I think Gaia could respect, which is why she um is why she just was like, I'll go with you. I'm and she's I'm, also I will say I like that I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed in the fact that they didn't use this as an opportunity to find a way to connect Gaia and Monica again. Exactly. I like like these these are people that I'm going to assume basically grew up together. Gaia and Monica grew up together. They were introduced to each other when they were children. Right. And I can't imagine that that introduction was the end. So I would have loved to have seen or heard some type of connection. A lot of people are wondering if she's going to pop up in the Marvels, but but I doubt that she pop up in the Marvels. Maybe she'll pop up in the post-credit scene that we didn't get for Secret Invasion. So, I don't know. But the series is over. Um... Episodes one through five were probably my favorite episodes that the MCU has provided us in a very long time. Mm-hmm. But just like most other series, they did not find a way to close things out well. In fact, when I really sit back and think about it, the only series I think really ended on a super positive note was Loki. Loki didn't let didn't let our necks up when it got to the last two episodes, like it was just because we saw everything that happened with he who remains. We saw the repercussions of that decision. Mm-hmm. We got to see what, how that was going to impact other stuff. Like it was like a very solid final episode led by a very solid performance by Jonathan majors. When you think about it, it's just like, huh? like WandaVision had a good final episode. Yeah. I mean, and Falcon and Winter Soldier did too, but you, you just didn't hate, you didn't like his, his costume. He but outside of the costume, yeah, outside of that, he was 
solid. Those three series were pretty solid. Pez dispenser. Yeah. Oh. Seriously though, I um I did like I said again, it wasn't terrible. They could have done it better. That series I felt like the most out of all of them felt like a movie. <clears throat> yeah. And they did. probably filmed it that way as well. Um but the one I said this in a text message. Um I know before I said that I didn't like Rhodey. Mm-hmm. I still feel that way. Um, but I will say that I love the way that Don Cheadle played Rhodey as a scroll. Mm-hmm. And I think the performances were very distinct, right? Because I don't know why it didn't occur to me, right? I thought maybe when he when we first got him, he was talking about dropping a city or something on uh, Czechoslovakia or something. I was just like, what? That's kind of funny, right? Because he's annoyed. But then I was just like, that's not Brody. It just, little things like that. He That's not who he is. Yes, he'll play around. But now now that I'm thinking about it, if he's been switched since Civil War, the jokey jokey side that we saw, like he was talking about killing Thanos and why did you know that type of thing? Maybe that was a, a scroll roadie that we thought was funny. Mm-hmm. Damn, Johnson back in the, and that's why when you said something about Wakanda being infiltrated, I know Ooh. that this is a stretch, but it makes me wonder if the Okoye we got was a scroll, and that's why some of the decisions were so laxed when it came to Shiri. Shiri, like, so, like, you know, if it was. A legit Okoye. Okoye probably wouldn't have been so inclined to let Shuri come along for stuff considering all the circumstances because she would have been thinking more as a soldier and as a soldier that lost their their first in command with um, um, T'Challa. So like maybe that's why she wasn't as strict with certain decisions with Shuri because she only had the knowledge, that the temporary knowledge that she took from her you hadn't gone back far enough to really be able to deep dive in some of those issues and understand why she should be a certain way. Because <laughs> that could be why Ross was taken. And like you made that point that like, yo, like the last time we saw Ross, he was being taken by Val- um, Valentina. But then... And Okoye took him. That would mean that the moments that we saw with Okoye being emotional that she was fired the Okoye, like, that would mean that that meant, they meant nothing, and she really, like, that's what that would mean. And I just, I, so much a part of Okoye... But think about the consequences I'm, from that. That means that Okoye wouldn't know that anyone was dead. Because was, like, her best friend. And that's, and that's, that to me, and as well, it would be hard for me to believe that she was also a scroll because it's like... That was part of her character, like development. I feel like to be a failure mm-hmm. and having it to build yourself back up, and like, that's why it's just like I was just like, for her to be a squirrel, that would be so pissy to me because it's just like a part of Koye's story well, was the fact that she failed, and you're well, maybe it wasn't even real because she's a squirrel. She, maybe she's not a squirrel the whole time. But because she did go meet Ross at some point in time during the filming, like during Wakanda Forever. It wasn't from the beginning. Like there was that moment where they were talking or something or like she just showed up somewhere in like the woods with him or something like that. I can't remember what it was. 
but I'm like wondering if maybe it could have happened over the course of Wakanda forever, because I also am less inclined to believe that Okoye would be cool with being suited up in this new thing. She was very much a, you know, a traditionalist when it came to Wakanda and, you know, Dora Milaje and all this other stuff. And granted, you know, she was basically kicked out, but, you know, she just seemed to be one by the book, you know, having led the Dora Milaje. So I don't know. But we, we may find that none of that even makes sense, but they definitely are going to have to close that loop because that's a good point. Ross was a scroll. When was he taken? It could have been just before he walked in there. I need to go back and look at his clothes. Now that I'm looking about his looking at his clothes, his clothes look like the first episode. And if that's the case, yeah, that's what I'm trying to. If that the first episode, and if that's the case, then why he could have been taken just him? before he got there. Huh? They could he could have been taken just. Be, it could have been one of those things where Ross. The real Ross was contacted by this man to be told this stuff, and that inter- that that call or that communication had been intercepted by the scrolls, and they took Ross on the way there, replaced him, and was in there talking to him, rather than, you know, having taken Ross a lot sooner than that. Yeah, because he was dressed like he was in the first episode when we see him. <clears throat> he had the thing on his head too, or no? Yeah, yeah, I think he had the, the toboggan on his head. I need to watch it again, but I was just like, maybe that's when they took him. Because I was just like, why would people be contacting him? Oh, no, he had on a black shirt. He didn't have on a hoodie? I mean, um, a hat? Mm -mm. A beanie? Mm -mm. I'm looking at the picture now. Hold on, let me bring this up. I'll share it with you so you can see it. Share. And we're going to open you in a new window. We're going to go here. So that's how he was found. Let me see if I can zoom it in some more. There you go. Ah, okay. So he had on a black top. That was it. Let me see. Ross, Secret Invasion, episode one. Did he have on a black top? Okay, so in episode one, he did have on a black shirt, but it was different. Like he had on like a collared shirt under it and oh. things. So this is definitely a different outfit. So, so that's going to be interesting too. Like how long has Ross been a scroll? Right. Like I think that um, Rhodey's was easy, kind of easy to decipher just based off of the outf- the clothes he still had on. Like, cause there's Dang. really no reason that we can see that he would have been still in the outfit from the hospital. But <laughs> yeah, so. When he went into the... Wait, hold on. No. Okay, so interestingly enough, I think that is the same top. He has on the same black shirt, but he doesn't... The Ross that was the scroll had a shirt on under it. Oh, But it is the same shirt because I can see the buttons. There are a couple buttons here. Maybe they took his hat off when they put the thing on. But is that an alien? Hold on. I'm gonna I'm gonna put this on the screen for you to see too. Okay. I'm looking up I know it looks like I'm not looking at the screen, you guys, and I'm not. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to find um a group. Um all right, so remember <laughs> so. Th- 
Go ahead. I'll let you show whatever you need to show. But I have an idea for how we see Sonya so, again. So this is this is what he had on. Um, you can see there's a button right here. I can't see nothing yet. And that's here we go. Oh, okay. So this here is a button. And there was a button. So these were the buttons. But he, when he was found, didn't have on this shirt uh-uh. under it. He just had on the top. These look like little alien heads. Like they're little green looking alien heads on that thing. They look like, a, um, what, what, is, what are they called? The Midnight Angels? Mm. With a Koye? And mm. they, they kind of look like them. I don't know. But what were you about to say? All right. So remember how I was interested about Sonya Fallsworth, right? And seeing more of her. And it seems like she's a mm-hmm. female version of Nick Fury, just British situation. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of MI13? Yeah, I've seen a lot of people talk about that, but I don't know a lot about MI13. I don't know a lot but about It's supposed them. to be like the, the, the thing that also introduces... Um, Almost like the British Captain America or something. Yeah, Captain, Captain Britain, Britain is in it. Captain Britain that, is in it. Yeah, people, they were rumoring that that could be Henry Cavill at yes. some point in time. What if, go with me, this is my theory, could be wrong. What if Marvel is trying to build an MI-13, right? We've already, and I mean, Sonya Fallsworth would be the one leading it. And we also, we have the people that we have in it, Captain Marvel, we have a Blade, who's already been introduced, and... Um, John Snow character. What's his name? The Black Knight? Uh-huh. He's in it as well. Or is this... Wait a minute. What's his name? The Black Knight? I think this is him. Yeah. But anyways... Yeah, Black Knight was in it. Mm-hmm. But anyways, that... I feel like if it's, if it's British, right? <coughs> and that could be a way that they can bring Sonya Falls with for Because I would love to keep seeing her. And... Blade was in the UK with the Black Knight. So I don't know, you guys. That's how I've connected Sonya Fallsworth to the greater MCU to see her going forward. Um, Because as it stands right now, I don't know how we're going to do Secret Wars if we don't get more characters. So something else that could be used here, I just, because this was the part that I feel like could they could be leaning into. Since you brought up the MI thirteen, we you named some of the members, but one of the members that I see was a former member is someone named John the Scroll. So maybe they'd haven't introduced us to John the Scroll, but we do have a Gaia that could be working with her. Doesn't that make and sense? Not to say, and he doesn't appear that he was like a super scroll. However. Um, he has been shown to grow wings and tentacles and things like that. So they could go that route with that. So saying, you never know. All I'm saying is this, is that Marvel, if I'm correct, you owe me a check. <laughs> because that's the way that y'all could go. Really, truly. Especially if I want to keep Sonya. Because Sonya is the type of lady that you need on your team, you guys. She is that girl. Mm-hmm. And if that if and if I'm if that's how we were supposed to perceive Valentina, they fell short. Because I can never see Valentina again. I don't feel any type of anything when I look at Valentina. But when I see Sonya, that's who 
I should be feeling that way about Valentina that I do about Sonya, and it's not the same. So there's a, a super scroll. Her name is Zavin. Mm-hmm. Um, from the comics, which in my mind means that this is probably going to be the one who Gaia is basically replacing. Mm-hmm. But as a super scroll. She had the power. She had the the Fantastic Four powers, you know, the Invisible Woman powers, the Human Torch power, all those powers. So, this could be Gaia could be a combination of her and John the Scroll for John the Scroll to be a part of this MI thirteen group. Mm-hmm. So, you may be on to something. We will see. If I'm right, I'm right. I'm probably but. wrong. Hey. I would feel so good if I'm right. If you're wrong, it would not be the first time that we were wrong. You're um, right. And we okay with that. We okay mm-hmm. with that. So, Secret Invasion is now over. That means that currently the only homework that you have is Superman and Lois. So, if we were going to add something in, what would you want that something to be? What if I add in my secret marriage, my happy marriage? Oh, you can do that. You That'd can be do that. a reason to, to add that in. Also, we got to chat off screen. Um, I'm going on vacation. Mm-hmm. I think I told you earlier this year about August. We're going out of town for a week. So I don't know. We'll talk outside of this about when we can record or if we mm-hmm. even need to. Okay. But we can talk. Well, it looks like my uh, happy marriage is actually something that is actively going on right now. As in, like, we're on episode four, and episode four premiered three days ago. So, this is one of them shows that we could be watching on a weekly basis as it's airing. Um, But yeah. So, there are only four episodes so far. So, easily catch up. Are they dubbed? Not saying that you're gonna watch all four. Oh no. Okay, uh, yeah. first. Yeah, you can watch them dubbed. How how long are they? Um, let me see. Because I was looking at it. Let's see. My Happy Marriage. Episodes and info. Twenty-four minutes. Oh, okay. Okay. So twenty-four <coughs> minutes and it's dubbed. It's not voiceover. Dubbed voiceover. That's not the same. No, thing? no, 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 no. Sub, sub is um, subtitle. Dubbed is voiceover. So you could, you can choose whichever way you want. Um, I've been watching it um, dubbed mm-hmm. with the voiceover, um, just so that if I am doing something else, I don't miss out on something because I'm not reading it on the screen. Um, but yeah, I actually generally do prefer subtitles. Because you get it for in the exact same way that they want it to be translated. Because mm-hmm. I've seen on some shows on Netflix where you'll be watching the subtitles. I'll have the subtitles up, but I also have it dubbed as well. And the subtitles will be reading something different than the person is saying. So, yeah. But okay, so My Happy Marriage and Superman and Lois episode four, mm-hmm. which is called Haywire. And the first episode of My Happy Marriage is called The Meeting. And just in case it matters, this is the reception for this show. Uh, Or the manga 
Oh, there's a live action film as well. Hmm. But yeah, the manga was ranked number eight in something. It was number six on another. Um, it's a highly ranked kind of thing. So, but I think you'll like the story. I don't know if they're gonna be smutting it up, but I guess we'll see. They probably not, which is fine. I can read my slut. Y'all, I've been thinking about something. Hmm. Hmm. So since JB is always teasing me about my smut, I think he should read one. Mm-hmm. Oh. Think he should read one. I mean, I'll read one. I don't know how it fits into the blurdy content. It don't. I'd read one just to see what type of smut you guys are reading as adults nowadays. So. You know, no, I'm not gonna do you like that. I ain't gonna do you. I ain't gonna do you that. Like, I'm gonna think about it. I got a girl that I think you might like. Okay. Well, do you okay. like? Do you like? How can I say this? Would you prefer queer? I might can find you some queer stuff. Oh, I, I'm all of it works the same for me. I don't really care. Like I, I've watched it all. I've watched. I've. Re- I mean, I've read all kinds of literotica. So it's no. Okay. I don't care. I got something. This is going to be smutty with story. Let me keep thinking okay. on it. Okay? I'm going to keep thinking on okay. it. It's going to be smutty with story. I got you. There's one author right. in particular that I think that you'll like, but we'll talk about it after this. Off of this. All right. Well, blurds, nerds, anyone else who's watching or listening, that is all for us this week. We will talk to you guys next week.